Lace up those prairie dresses and pick those pecans. You're listening to Polygonometry. This is a family podcast where each and every episode that I release, which I know sometimes is erratic and I apologize, I sit down with a member of my family and we talk about what it's like being a pecan picker. What's up, dudes, babes, babe, dudes, and dude, babes. We're back at it again. Hey, what's up, everybody? Um, So before we get into the meat and potatoes of what we're going to be talking about today with this episode, um, I just want to say, honestly, thank you for listening. Honestly, it's it's really awesome to know that people are tuning in. Um, And uh, I was looking at my analytics, and I saw that we got some listeners from Aruba. Quick question, if you're in Aruba, why are you listening to anything other than just being on vacation? Bro, listen, this is the only time that I'm ever going to say this, but if you're in Aruba, don't listen to my podcast. Be on vacation. Live your freaking life, dude. And as always, guys, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, uh, just go ahead and just let me know. Um, you know the the drill. Facebook, Instagram, uh, MySpace, Friendster, AOL Messenger, all the things. So go ahead and hit me up if you have any problems. And uh, today's episode, guys, um, it's, uh, it's tough. Um, if you don't know or have yet to hear, there is a docuseries on Netflix called Keep Sweet, Pray, and Obey. Um, it is a four-part docu-series, 45 minutes a pop, uh, that features the life and times, rise and fall of Warren Jeffs, um, of the FLDS infamy, um, told from the perspective of some incredibly powerful women. And I, uh, if you have yet to watch it, I suggest you watch it before you listen to this episode, mainly because uh, we jump around and you're not going to know what the hell we're talking about. Um, unless you have watched it first. I'm not trying to give you any sort of trigger warnings or anything like that. That's your choice if you decide to go for it. Um, and so, yeah, we uh, we jump around. It's full of spoilers and all that stuff. So we just, you know, if you, if you haven't watched it before you listen to this, this or watch it before you listen, basically. Um, and for those of you who have watched it, uh, we feature a very small but very significant uh, audio from a YouTube video um, indicating whether or not Warren Jeffs believed his own bullshit. Um, you're going to hear it, and uh, I will just say this. When you listen to it, uh, you'll know that they missed a huge opportunity to put that into their docuseries. And uh, my only suggestion would be to say, hey, Netflix, guess what? You missed a huge opportunity here. Pay Chris money. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great episode. I'm joined by a polygonometry favorite, Fraser McMinn, my cohort, creative partner, and producer of the podcast. Fraser is an atheist from Britain. He doesn't understand what the hell is going on in the American culture framework to where this type of stuff can happen. So he offers up some really awesome observations, as well as a first-time guest on the podcast, a former coworker of mine who worked with me in mental health, and one of my best friends in the entire world, Devin. And Devin, something I really appreciate about Devin is that she kind of puts things into a little bit more of a therapeutic framework for these ladies, and she really helps out with maintaining, you know, keeping me and Fraser on track. Because <laughs> uh, you guys know, uh, me and Fraser, whenever we get tar- start talking, it's just kind of just everything happens uh, kind of simultaneously because we both probably have ADHD and we can't shut the fuck up and we have a good time. Um, also just to let you guys know, we kind of had some choppy moments because, uh, zoom only offers 40 minute sessions unless you pay for it and, uh, gas prices. So, uh, yeah. 
other than that, guys, I appreciate you listening and uh, gear up. This one's fun. Talking, it just becomes easy. You just start rolling and then you kind of, it just kind of gets easy once you're getting going. Yeah, I already told Chris I don't have smart thoughts. So that's the baseline <laughs> is like, don't expect smart thoughts from me. No, it's I all good. Ne- neither do me. Neither do me and Chris. We're, you no, I was going to say, so dumb. I was going to say, Devin, Devin, you know me. <laughs> yeah. like, you think I have smart thoughts most of the time? No. We, well, I don't have smart thoughts, but I have the accent to make it sound like I have smart exactly. thoughts. Exactly. That's what I don't yeah. even have an accent. Should That's I talk fine. in like a Southern accent? No, don't try and fake an accent. If you fake an <laughs> <Try>. accent, <laughs> I mean, you can do- definitely go for it. I mean, if you, if you want to not what, sound what, stupid. What, uh... <laughs> What a thing we've got on the like southern accent, my accent. Like, <laughs> That's I feel like you. I need to like balance you out. You guys are like <laughs> polar opposites. I mean, we're already recording, just so you know, right? Oh. See right, how cool. see how easy it is. It's not even that hard. Scary. Yeah, no, it's not. What are you talking about? <laughs> It's like, you know, when you go to the doctors and they just keep on talking to you, and next thing you know, you've had your injection, and then you're like, what? But then oh, no, like, well, how do you think the weather today? <laughs> no, I'm already crying at that point. <laughs> me too, me too. I'm a massive baby. Yeah. I will say this. I had probably an up and down, like 30 different times of different emotions throughout the course of all four episodes. It was insane to see what was going on on netflix because of stuff that i had heard about when i was a kid um Mm -hmm. and i want to before i get into the stuff that i want to talk about i want to hear what your guys' thoughts were initially when you watched it okay so now i'm curious what your ups and downs were because mine was pretty much like a steady like seething anger like i didn't really have any ups or downs there was a little bit Mm -hmm. of just like uh oh i know nothing about the world you know, kind of like, I felt like I learned a lot from that just because of how like, it was, it was, they did a very good job of showing how brainwashed people can be so easily, like to really believing it. And so there was like an element of like, feeling a little bit bad, but mostly just anger at like this whole system. Yeah. But I'm curious what your ups and downs were because mine was just like, well, if I could say about, I, I get what you mean about the ups and downs. This documentary hit me in such a way that it never would have if I hadn't have met you, Chris. Because I would have okay. just watched it and it's this, yeah. it's a world so, it's a documentary that I would have watched anyway, even if I didn't know you and I would have watched that kind of thing anyway. But like, it, it, if I hadn't met you, it's such a world away. It's something that's not real. It's kind of mm-hmm. this thing a, that goes on. That's across but the Atlantic. I know you so well. <laughs> well, you know, it's not that, but you just kind of think like, it's just not like real. I don't know. But because I know you and just like knowing everything about your upbringing, I'm obviously talking to your family members and obviously listening to them on the podcast. It was interesting see, seeing the things that you guys have referenced and actually seeing it. Because you guys have only ever told me about certain things. Okay. But I'm seeing it now. So you told me about mm-hmm. the hairstyles and the dresses and the and stuff. But when you're actually just kind of see and you're just their eyes are just sort of blank with oh my God. the voices, Devotion. the voices. Yeah. That's what killed it's... me was the women's voices. Do you? Oh, so yeah. there's that moment. I can't remember which one. I, yeah, it was the fourth episode, um, where it was when it was after the YFZ raid. And we're going to be jumping, yes. and I guess for anybody who's listening, yeah, we'll, we're going to be jumping yeah. back 
and forth between. We're not going to go episode by episode, but um, like in the fourth episode, the same as the murder of my woman's episode. Watch it first and then come back and listen because yeah. we are going to be skipping all over the place. This is going to be a heavy spoiler <laughs> episode, ah, but heavy spoilers. Um, after the YFZ raid, where the Texas government essentially came in and took the kids away, right? 413 or whatever they were, um, mm-hmm. which is amazing because like when I was a kid, like Pines Academy, for instance, I mean, we had a lot of kids, but it wasn't that much, you know? So to think that like f- over 400 kids got yanked from their families, right? And then the, I loved how Mike Watkiss, the reporter eccentric big hairstyle guy who with mm-hmm. all the tapes and shit. Yeah. He was one of my favorite guys to have on there because I had heard his name. I had heard of his stuff before. And to have him on there was sweet. And then they're showing the the women sitting in front of Oprah and fucking Good Morning America yeah. and all that shit. I remember watching those on TV when it happened. Really? So to see those clips again, it was like, oh, my God, I remember exactly where I was when I watched this, all that. But to speak to what you were talking about, Devin, is the voices. Mm-hmm. So the whole keep sweet idea obviously went in yeah. to the very sing-songy everything's fine we just we just desperately want our we children back find our children oh. we just want them back and we love our god but that's when it's I started so to get really it was angry. horrible you could hear the you you can just hear the amount it's just been beaten into them this script that mm-hmm. stay to this script and you say this and they've just there's no emotion behind them even though they're talking about their kids it's just, it's so empty and it's, it's so eerie well, yeah. hearing these voices. When they, and they, Rebecca then, like, they showed that interview where it was really apparent. It was, like, so shockingly jarringly, mm. like, it made my, like, bones hurt a little bit of how, I think what you're talking about, Fraser, of, like, they're, like, brainwashed, like, eyes mm-hmm. blank, emotionless type of thing. Um, and then it cuts to Rebecca and she explains the, like, why they have these sweet, stay sweet voices. But I think what freaked me out too was then I started to notice that when they showed women that got out, as a woman who has a not sweet voice, I would say, you saw that like these women still slipped into that sweet voice sometimes because they're aware of the yes, they and did. they like are, you know, and then you would hear their real voice, but then they'd sink back into their sweet voice. And I was like, oh my gosh, this goes so deep that these women know like they don't want to be a part of this anymore, but they can't mm. shake that sweet voice and that that was some of the anger of yeah. just like how much that has shaped their life and like every component of them yeah it was it was, was one weird. thing that really did heart wrench because they they did say in the, in the fourth episode um when you know all the kids were getting taken away by child services that the flds really jumped into the campaign of the government are taking away our mm-hmm. family they're it was, splitting us up it and was brilliant it was as such far... a, it's such a it's brilliant they're they're so genius that they really went that angle but then what was great and even when you're watching it you are like yeah it does look like that to, to the, these families you know in this cult they don't know they think they are getting taken away by the devil one of the women says that when the guys turn up the SWAT team they're all in black she didn't see a, um you know these people she saw devils and mm-hmm. demons just taking them away and the kids are just crying and pissed in their pants and puking everywhere just out of like it when you when you look at that angle it was yeah this is disgusting but how do you explain no we're saving you when you are just so that indoctrinated to that way of thought well, they, you know? even, they had that one they were like interviewing people in the community being like what do you think of you know the yfc range and stuff and the one girl was like you know like 
I say out of people's business and if that's their mm. business if they're, you know, whatever. And I'm like, it's, it's, Fuck. I'm so torn because it's like, yeah, if <laughs> it's they're happy, so confusing. And like, that's all they know. Yes. And you know, exactly. I mean, like there's four kids that are just like, I'm losing all my moms and like all my brothers and sisters. And if, if they're happy, like why ruin it? But then at the same time, but like, a kid doesn't know that they're happy if a kid's Exactly. Yeah. The kids been brought up in a certain way. They don't know if you if they've just been told no. This is happiness. This is what's good. This is what will get you into heaven. They just don't even know what's happening to them. It's bad. Like even the stories about the girls as young as young as twelve, twelve, uh, just just getting raped straight up. And there, there's there's so to... much that I need to say. <laughs> I know. Like, like, but... Chris, Chris is the one that's like, yeah, look at my me. podcast. <laughs> Go ahead, take the reins, guys. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but <laughs> no, okay. So to kind of backtrack a little bit on the moment that you were talking about, Fraser, where the kids are screaming, the mothers are obviously yeah. unbelievably distraught, and yeah, you think about the absolute brilliance that the FLDS had of just fl using the media to flip the script and be paint themselves yeah. as the victim, as like the government, like what the hell, this is religious freedom, right? This is one of the things that is, you know, yeah. part of the foundation of American culture is religious freedom, right? So that's the, what they were playing with. I remember when I was, mm -hmm. when this was happening, when that started, you know, when there you saw prairie dresses in front of Oprah, it was just like, it was yeah. un, it was insane to me because the, that, th that moment of the raid of the cops and SWAT teams coming in, just yanking kids away from their moms, like that stuff, that was, that's the reason or one of the reasons why polygamists don't want to talk about polygamy. It's one of the reasons why it's so secretive. It's one of the things why we don't really talk about it. Like you just fucking, you just do your own thing. Don't call any attention to it. Like. You know, we have this spot above Pinesdale called Lookout. And the reason why it's called Lookout is because back in the day, the AUB put people on Lookout with binoculars looking at the two access roads to Pinesdale to make sure the feds weren't coming. Legitimately, this is that that's the reason why. So when we see this stuff happening with the documentary about people, you know, yanking away kids, that's the fear. That's what we were told was going to happen if we talked about it. So to see that happen was just like, oh my fucking God. <laughs> Chris, would you, I know you've said about this before, but um, would you be able to explain again, because just for some of the listeners that may not know, what but, uh, the connection between the FLDS and uh, and your little... Oh yeah, I guess that, that yeah, that's a... That's a ignorant yeah. listener. No, that's totally, that, that actually... <laughs> Yes. Okay. So, am I allowed to ask these dumb questions? Because ask any like dumb question. Yes, it doesn't matter. Of course, to me. they okay, are I'm more than welcome. Fan. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So, quick little history lesson. The Mormon Church started in 1830s. Joseph Smith. Polygamy was a part of it. Fast forward to Utah, <laughs> and there's a lot of yada 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 that just barely happened. But yes. So we get to Utah. Brigham Young practicing polygamy. Utah becomes its own territory. Mormons controlled from the top to the bottom, everything in Utah. Um, Brigham dies, Utah keeps growing power and territory, all this stuff. They, they say, hey, we think we wanna become a state um, because that means federal money. And the federal government says, you guys live that crazy religion? No, if you, if you abolish the polygamy stuff, sure. So they were like, divine intervention, polygamy's bad. That caused a split, mm -hmm. okay? The split yeah. between the mainstream LDS, the real Mormons, the Salt Lake, you know, Broadway play Mormons, and the then lovely, lovely people, lovely people, the <laughs> and then the FLDS. Okay, 
that happened in like the 1880s. And um, so that split, that FLDS track is what we're on now. So the LDS, you know, they go and build, you know, do their own thing. Um, they go on to make musicals. They go on to make musicals. The FLDS. <laughs> they become the Osmonds. <laughs> they become the Osmonds, exactly right. So the FLDS adheres more towards what was practiced with polygamy and Mormonism back in the 1880s, right? Pre-1980s, or pre that's what they were going with because that's what they were taught and that's what they, you know, Joseph Smith, he's the guy, so why not, you know? Then in the 1950s, there was another split between the FLDS and what eventually became the Apostolic United Brethren. And there's like a lot of different offshoots and stuff. And then like, again, a lot of yada, yada, yada that I'm just barely doing. But basically... They do mention that in the documentary that there are plenty of offshoots. There's hundreds. The FLDS. Yeah. There's, yeah. There, there, it's from Palmyra in New York. There's little off splits everywhere. As long as Mormons traveled across the U.S., like that's exactly what happened. So there's small little offshoots everywhere. At any rate, the AUB is an offshoot of an offshoot. And so when when you see my name or my last name yeah. popping up everywhere in this documentary everywhere <laughs> literally everywhere um, so cool i felt like i was friends with a celebrity i'm like there's a jessup no. look at that jessup oh that's so not the right attitude to have <laughs> given the context of the, the documentary day after i watched the first one i think i think it was his name fred jessup who's yeah, the, fred. the bishop yeah. of a yeah i i think i messaged chris and so all right uh how are you related? Yeah, okay. <laughs> do, do the, so do that's, that's uh, exactly what I text, tell me. So that's exactly what I texted Chris, and then yeah. my next text was, "How many people have been texting you about this?" <laughs> and it's been a lot. I've had a lot of yeah. people show up. They're just stuff on Instagram, and you know, people who have seen me do comedy are like, "Wait a second. Me about it. I've had people telling me about this documentary, and I'm like, I'm already ahead of it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, again, so much to talk about, but I will say about the last name part. This is part of the ups and the downs, okay? Because mm -hmm. Ruby, Jessup, whom I've never met. Yes, um, okay, right. Just when you said Ruby, she's the one who was in that amazing, lovely, cute love story, right? Yeah. Is that Wait, who she we're was on a about? Jessup? Ruby Jessup, yeah, yeah. she was a Jessup. Yeah, I caught, I never I caught even that. Caught yeah. her last name. Yeah, so. Oh, you, it becomes so normal after you just I think, see it everywhere. Was it Ruby? I, I want to make sure. Yeah, it was Ruby. Yeah, it yeah. was Ruby. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm very sure it was. Sorry. Again, I watched it yesterday and still yeah. kind of. Um, but anyway, so yeah, Ruby Jessup is a very, you know, prominent figure in, throughout this entire documentary. And mm -hmm. there's moments where you see her, you know, take a break. So she takes a break and she lights up a cigarette. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. And there's, there's something... And again, again, so much to talk about. But this is one of those subtle details that meant so much to me, right? So the association between Ruby Jessup, last name Jessup, and the fact that she's now smoking cigarettes shows a level of progression given the context of what Mormon teachings are, right? So when you see someone who's like formerly LDS, like puffing one down, it's like, mm -hmm. oh, she's been through some shit. Like, mm -hmm. not. A, I mean, a lot of people might clock, clock on that you know, if they know Mormons and that kind of thing. But for someone who grew up in like a very similar situation, basically I grew, the AUB was a toned down FLDS. Basically, if you take the AUB and you just turn it up to 11, it becomes the FLDS. That's the kind of vibe that I grew up in, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, so did you guys have the whole situation of your bishop, like saying who could marry who? Or was that kind of free for anyone? No, it wasn't really a thing. 
from what I know, but there was seven, I know for sure that there was definitely heavily suggested people. I the mean, heavily suggested marriages instead of like yeah, instead know, of the marriages, just heavily yeah. implied. Yeah, so yeah. there was like being associated with someone who had been through some stuff, and it was in a you know Ruby. I mean, all of the women who were featured in this documentary just unbelievably right. I don't brave. Know if- None of the women are probably going to listen to this. If if any, if one of them listens to this, I just want you to know you guys are rock stars. Absolutely. Oh my god, just the women in this that have just been through shit and got out the bravery it took them to be able to break away. Because they talk about that in the documentary that if they wanted to leave, there are ways they could easily figure out a way to just kind of go. Yeah. But it's the it's, it's the, the mental yeah restraint that you can't break you don't know anything outside of that and for the for them to right at the end when there was uh, a few of them that kind of gathered together and like left together and the idea that it was them that brought down warren jeffs as well was just so fucking rock star again we have so much to get to but <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, uh so yeah the so like having the same last name as someone who is unbelievably courageous was a matter of pride that was a part of like dude fuck yeah like i'm somehow related to ruby man that's dope you know yeah, like and then on top of that the recording that is played at the end with warren mm-hmm. raping the 12 year old girl um yeah dude. the name of the file has my last name in it um, and I, I broke down out of sheer yeah. embarrassment <laughs> and, yeah. um, yeah, it was tough. Obviously a v- unbelievably gruesome <clears throat> act and, you know, Warren deserves to, deserves to die in my opinion, but, deserves um, the fucking rot. that bed that right. he made up in oh. the temple. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> fuck, <laughs> dude. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> all three of us it's not but the thing, but also, wait, 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 hang on hang on it's the thing that made it more gross if they just found that as well that's yeah it's gross but also it was the the instructions that he mm-hmm. left it was like for the contractors and it was written with things like there will be plastic underneath to oh that one yeah to keep away all the mess that's going to happen on it it, it, it was so like it was so disgusting. It made it worse the fact that he hand wrote so cold. the things that he was going to do on this bed. Like and- monstrous. Yeah. Um, and the FLDS isn't the only type of Mormon that has those. Yeah. I will say that. So anyway, yeah, no, unbelievably horrible. And so, yeah, like riding the wave of like, Dude, it's dope to be related to Jessup's. And I mean, mm-hmm. I'm proud to be a Jessup. I'm proud to have that last name. I love where be, I came from. Like, Pinesdale was a great upbringing. It truly, truly was. I mean, a lot of it was not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, but there was a ton of about it that, like, I don't look back on my childhood and I don't, I don't have any resentment. I don't be like, oh, I wish I would have grown up in something different. Like, dude, no. <laughs> growing up in a cult is dope. Can you you speak more on that? Because I feel like anyone who's specifically tuning into this podcast because they just watched that documentary is, you know, I I think I speak for the normal, just like people that are watching this and like watching it and just getting angry of like, oh my gosh, this is so wrong in every way. So can you speak more to the parts of growing up that you like really benefited from and that you think 
was healthy and good for you. You know what I mean? Okay. So imagine, imagine growing up in the FLDS. Yes. Brainwashed all, you know, range marriages. I mean, all of the bad stuff included, right? Mm -hmm. But keep in mind, you're brainwashed. You don't know anything different to you. Your life is figured out. You, you got it. We got the right answer, God. Heck yeah. So like mm -hmm. when you're growing up in that way and you're being told and you're in your own echo chamber, basically, right? And you're being told, the thing that you're being told all the time is just things that you're told to agree with. And so you do because you're a kid, right? You're fearful of your father that you never see or Warren or whoever, you know? And like you have, like it's the, you have the right answers. So when you have all the right answers, why study? You know what I mean? So it's like, you got it figured out. You know what? You just have to get in this track and just ride this river down to salvation, right? You don't have to paddle. You don't have to do anything. You just sit and float. Life is easy, right? So when I was growing up in Pinesdale, the theology and, and all that stuff aside, dude, I had so many friends and family and we were doing stuff all the time, plenty of activities, hikes, camping trips, you know, going to the say, lake like the stuff that you've said about your upbringing it seems to be the social aspect that you guys really mm -hmm. seem to like there was always just loving friends and family around you all the time and that's you know, like, it doesn't sound like you were hardly ever bored apart from when you're in church yeah no truly did you did you hear so with it's interesting seeing that perspective of like you know you don't have this divisive climate that we have specifically here in america of like constantly people disagreeing saying this is wrong this is wrong this is the way to do things this is the way to do things like that unified front you're talking about but did you ever hear any like adults sort of dropping hints of dissent or like was it always just like no, um, this is the way like do you ever get an undertone of disagreement? Oh, was it this oh, yeah. undertone oh, yeah. yeah oh yeah for sure no because yeah. pinesdale is even more so unique in its own reputation because the AUB, the two main spots for the AUB, the, the, the main area is in Utah. Um, it's technically headquartered in Bluffdale, which is just south of Salt Lake. Um, and so that's where our endowment house is and, and all that. And so there's that spot, then there's this plot, you know, uh, Rocky Ridge and uh, Pinesdale. So it's like Utah and Montana, like those two areas, that's kind of like the two beating hearts of Pinesdale, right? or uh, in the AUB, but Pinesdale has a rebellious nature to it. It truly does. Something about Jessup's, we just like the dirt, we like being outside, and we all have big noses, but, um, <laughs> like, and red hair for some reason. But, um, yeah, or so, no like, <laughs> or no hair. All right. Um, yeah, so uh, Pinesdale in and of itself was even more rebellious than the AUB in Utah. So the idea of dissent and stuff, we are already rebels. Um, and so I grew up kind of with this little bit more of like a, yeah, but I kind of kind of do whatever though with this religion stuff, you know, I can make it my own. So that was kind of a, a part where I, which I appreciated, you know, which eventually led to me actually rebelling enough to where I just left. <laughs> um, but adults, oh yeah. I mean, people disagreed all the time. There was, you know, but there was never like a let's rally the troops and and leave you know not until recently so yeah i take it you guys had you guys had a warren jeff's equivalent right like the head of your not him oh. uh, that's terrible not to equivalent anyone to him but like you sure. had like a 
a prophet. Know, a, yeah, a, a prophet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, uh, his name was Owen Allred. Um, mm-hmm. We called him Brother Owen, and um, yeah, after was it still was it still that uh, taught that whatever Brother Owen says, like that's he speaks what God says. That was that's like, what I was taught. To him, yeah, yeah, that's what I was that's taught. What you thought. It wasn't. If looking back on it, and this might be just reflecting back on my own ignorance, and that's why I don't have. I don't know. But basically, when I think back about what it was like being a kid growing up in a group led by Owen Allred, I didn't think of him as this benevolent dictator. It might have been like that, but I still like even just talking to adults about how it was, you know, what it was like growing up with Owen in his prime, quote unquote, because when I was a kid, he was like towards the end of his life and everything. So, um. So yeah, like he he didn't have that dictor dictatorial vibe about him, at least from what I remember and no. what people have told me about what I mean. I was a kid, you know. I don't really, re- I I never interact. I shook his hand once, you know. Like, you know, I remember his funeral being talked about. I didn't go to it because I was like, why would I go to an old man's funeral? I don't know the guy, you know. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, like it wasn't. Pine, yeah, Pinesdale was just a little bit more rebellious. Hey, what in that about way. the pastel dresses? Was that a thing that? No, uh, no, that wasn't not not in Pinesdale at least. No, I mean I saw women wear them, and I saw women with the swoop haircuts and the and the meticulously. Those haircuts were just disgusting. They were so vile. <laughs> I felt they were so ugly. Like oh my, I could. So this is what blew my mind. When you're seeing all this, and you're seeing all these women like that. And then you see the year 2005. Yes. And you're like, uh-huh. what the fuck? That's <laughs> <laughs> like, for a while, being, I like the 50s. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was 2005. It's, someone started, uh, I can't remember what the thing started in uh, 1998. I think that was maybe when Warren became prophet or um, I think it might no. have been that. But no, yeah, 2005, I think, is when they went to court. Yeah. No, Warren. Yeah. Warren, Warren came into power after. Ruland died, which was in yeah. 2002. Okay, so oh, question oh, okay. on that train of thought, because um, I had the same thing where, like, when you're watching, you know, the interviews and stuff, you think it's like, okay, this got to be, I was thinking, like, maybe 90s, because all the, That's you know, just I thought. it looks like modern. it should be in, like, the 80s or something. But then the same the same moment happened where i saw the year was yeah either 2005 or 2006 and i started doing the math yeah. but i was like wait a second so i was like 12 11 12 years old and then i remember there was one specific maybe it was oprah when she was going through or like the video of the women walking out into the buses crying but i like realized i'd seen that before but of course i was young enough and so removed from it like mm-hmm. growing up in maryland on the east coast like you know this was not anywhere in my world and oh, i remember yeah. it'd be the type of thing that like I would go into the room and everybody would change the channel because I was at the age that these young girls were getting married. So of course they didn't want me seeing yeah. it. Like how affecting would that be to me? You know, and so they protected me from it. But so it almost, I realized I'm like, how did this affect someone like Chris? And so Chris, you sort of started to touch on it that like um, that was what you guys were taught would happen is that they would come and take all the kids. So like, do you remember seeing this error and like what did what were people talking about it? What were people saying? I re- I remember a kind of a and I, I, I were you still in the church when all this was going down? I was just on my way out. I mean, I was already mentally out anyway okay. by that point. I was never really mentally. Yeah. Well, I was mentally in. You were mentally in it. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> but. 
I always try. You told me that you we we no, we, we no, wouldn't I'm have not... been friends if we met when we were kids because of it. I know, but what I'm trying to say, <laughs> Fraser, is. <laughs> Um, like I always have to put a self asterisk on that statement because it's like, I was not well informed. So to say that I was mentally in it, you know, yeah, I did the things I, I believed the thoughts and all that stuff, but like, was it really me that was in it? You know what I mean? There's that self identity stuff. That's just kind of just, there wasn't choice. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, I remember watching that stuff happen and I remember a few various, like the older people in our community, I think. From what I remember, and I, I can't, I don't know if I'm misremembering this or not, but I remember the feeling of older members of our community getting like really fucking concerned. Like, mm -hmm. it's only a matter of time. Fucking pack your shit. Like, let's yeah. go. Um, but then there was also like the younger part of our community, like the younger folks, like, I mean, my parents, you know, <laughs> like, it, yeah. There, were, there was kind of like this, oh, yeah, serves them right. You know, they're living the, I mean, I'm not saying my parents thought this way, but what I'm saying is that, you know, there's a few, I remember the feeling of the younger people in the community being like, well, yeah, no, serves them right because they're not living the true gospel. We are, you know, mm. we're not dressing in these prairie dresses. We're not doing this stuff in public and blah, blah, blah. You know, we're not yanking. I mean, even the, can you imagine also just as a backtrack, like the raid on YFZ was not the first time that those women had their kids taken from them because Warren well, asked guys said. to take the yeah. kids away mm -hmm. from them from Short Creek to El Dorado. Warren was doing it left, right, and center. Yeah, so like, could you imagine being a mother in that time? Fuck, like. Well, it was just <laughs> the fact that, yeah, you don't know where your kids are gonna be. You're, the, 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 the idea that Warren could just pick a, a woman with her kids and say, now you and your kids belong to this man. Yep. This is your husband and kids, this is your father. Your old father? Forget about That's it. That's what I it feel like there, was, there wasn't so much, which was interesting when they touched on that, that like this has been going on forever. Warren had been taking kids, you know, deciding that this man was now cast out of the church. I feel like there wasn't a lot of talk about that of like how many men just lost their wife and children, like their whole family just ripped from them, you know? They didn't have that many men on. They had a couple of men on, but they never really spoke about like yeah. the ones who had their families ripped away. And yeah, they that did, was something they did with, that I was kind of wanting to listen to. They did with Lloyd. Um, yes, yeah, Lloyd the was the, like, the only one, but yeah. he didn't go into that much really about it. He kind of just spoke like, yeah, it happened. Uh, yeah, why do you think that yeah, was? Yeah, he was the only one, but it was happening all the time. Not knowing that the costs of rising inflation would indeed have an effect on the length of which you can record on Zoom. It was at this point that Chris decided to end the call between Fraser and Devin and make sure to re-download a Zoom link and send it to them via their emails. We forgot what we were talking about before we had to take the break, so go ahead and listen to us try to figure out what the hell we were saying. Awesome. Cool. Now we have another 40 minutes <laughs> before we have to do that again. Um, okay, so can you ask that question one more time? Oh, well, oh, geez. Does it, well, we, what were we saying? We were saying something else before that. Talking about men being... Oh, yeah. So why was... Why were the men not featured as much as, like, the women's stories, do you think? Like, cause there were men that were getting ripped away as well. Um, Maybe that's the secret. And I do think it's a mix between that. It really is a story about the women and their kind of escape and their kind of breaking free. So yeah. I get why Netflix maybe would have focused more on the women because it's their kind of story from being the most kind of 
oppressed oh, yeah. oh, people in this whole thing to then yeah. breaking free and getting that power to eventually take Warren to court. Yeah, and yeah, so I think that there is definitely a, you know, an area that could be explored with, you know, the men who, like, that meeting where, like, Warren had been gone to El Dorado for a long time and then came back and everybody was there in the meeting and you could tell, like, there was, like, this sinister energy, like, something's wrong and there was, like, everybody was, like, on pins and needles and then Warren read the list of names of all the men, had them stand up and, yeah, said, and then called them sons of perdition. Mm -hmm. There, I mean, there are so many moments throughout these four episodes that make everybody uncomfortable, but there's a certain level of intensity that I was feeling with that particular moment because I never really truly lived my adult life with this level of intense religious faith, right? So I left when I was 13, so I don't have a lot of experience being a man with a family living this religion. So I don't know what it's like to be like that. But I've, I've seen it through the window though, in a kind of way, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And to imagine what it would be like to have what you believe is the voice of God call you to stand up and then call you a son of perdition and to fucking pack your shit and leave, even though you had yep. done nothing wrong, zero. And didn't even see it coming. Like there's not like, yeah, oh, I there's know. No warning this signs, is gonna happen. There's no nothing. Even though those guys had their, um, oh, I forget the the man's name with the cowboy hat. Um, I'm literally, I just got him up because I wanted to find his name. This guy, yes. his name is Isaac Wheeler. Okay, yes, right? Isaac, yeah. So I just, I just got it up because I wanted to, this guy was great. dope. Yeah. I liked this guy. Yeah, but he he was just he was really cool, and I loved it when um he said he was talking to one of the uh, fellow men, one of the other fathers, and they said, uh, "Oh, are you thinking about putting up your daughter?" And he's like, uh, "No, not until she's eighteen. That I even the prophet, even the prophet, like they're just like, are you seriously gonna deny the prophet?" Yeah, and he's just like, "Don't care. I I signed up for it. I did not sign up for this shit." Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. So and for there, their fucking that guy was cool yeah. best father in the whole thing in my opinion yeah so he you that, know, in, that he, includes you Warren <laughs> well <laughs> Warren can rot in hell and for all I care um, but yeah so imagine just doing abs zero nothing wrong the only thing the only reason why you're being kicked out of and having your family ripped apart is because you're a threat to his power that's it yeah. That's it. That, like like Lloyd. It. Like Lloyd had his family stripped from him before, like, you know, because he basically, you know, was this guy who was, you know, smarter than Warren, like had this engineering yep. firm. I mean, the dude had a business that made stuff for NASA. Like, you know what I mean? Well, the so the whole like, thing that they ripped his company away from him. Yep. And said, well. You're it's ours now. And you know, there it, it the AU or not the AUB, the FLDS. There's a certain level to, you can say so much about Warren Jeffs, but one of the things that you cannot say is that you can't call him stupid. He is a brilliant no. guy, but all of his bullshit, all of but his in the talents same and way intellect. That Hitler was a brilliant guy. Like, Hitler was that. technically brilliant at what he did. It doesn't make him a good guy. Yeah. Like, well, I don't think anyone's arguing Warren's a good guy. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, like, I mean, like like we mentioned with the media, using the media to flip the script and like play the victim, like brilliant idea, brilliant idea. Yeah. 
you know, and that's what these cult leaders do is that once they start to accumulate power, their next power move is to eliminate all threats to that power, AKA the prominent men in the community. And that, you know, could you imagine like seeing the man that you love, right? Imagine that from the wife's perspective and your whole being is keep sweet, right? Yeah. And you're being abused constantly by your husband, if that's the case, right? More than likely it was happening. Um, you're being told to submit yourself to your husband and that like your path to salvation is through your husband. You're a second class citizen, hey, you're property. <laughs> um, and then this man who you were told constantly is your path to salvation being labeled a son of perdition by the voice of God. Again, PTSD, like these, uh, these women, these women were accumulating trauma daily at a fire hose level rate. Like it's not a trickle. It's, it just fucking blasts them. And I will say this, and I, I've said this to every single person that I think, I mean, I think I've told both of you this at some point uh, in the past, but I will say this to anybody who's listening. You don't fuck with a polygamist woman. <laughs> she will eat you alive, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, uh, the lady's name where she was, uh, I can't remember her name. Um, where she was kind of doing the detective work of like writing down the mileage yes. and like seeing and like the, the, the mud on the tires and yes. stuff, dude, that I was one of those that. moments where I was like, fucking goddamn right. Polygamous lady. Hell yeah. But, like, but, well, but she was the first woman you really saw like outsmart everyone yeah like yeah. she was the, i mean i'm sure it happened but she was the one that was like she outsmarted she figured shit out she but knew that it was women, in texas so she so that cracked me up because that is the polygamist equivalent of me and my friends looking up a boy's venmo to figure out like what girl he's with <laughs> like that no. is the old school way to do it like track the circumference on a map i loved it yeah the other thought so on dope. that is that she was the most blatant like she was the most in your face like yes. I, like i mean just if she got caught doing that imagine like the outrage of like you're like not trusting your husband you know like all that stuff but all the other women had little ways that they were like self-preservation techniques of just yes. appeasing like the sweet voice itself is a very like just trying to stay safe in that world and then mm -hmm. also like um rebecca talking about how she used to what give foot rubs so that just he would to just make fall him fall asleep. asleep like so that you'd fall genius. asleep so she didn't have to yeah you know. genius and that is the most like that at that time because she was probably what like 19 at that point like that's the most um yeah that's the most that she could sort of try to like kick the system at that point like she couldn't you know i had a conversation with someone recently and they were like what would you do if you were one of his wives like how quick would you kill him and how would you kill him? And I was like, if I was raised that way, I would just you lay wouldn't. there and take it. Like that's what you would do. Yeah. So the fact that she wasn't yeah. just laying there and she's like, no, we're gonna, we're not gonna do this tonight. Like that is actually like super badass. Well, and then it's she also, also really said- It's sad to hear the story about the um, the woman who was married to, uh, to Warren's brother I can't remember his name, but they actually had like a very close, good marriage. Even though he had multiple wives, she was his favorite. And mm. he was and one of he the was ones one who that Warren said, you're no longer married to him. And she just couldn't get her head around it. And she really, even when she's speaking on him, and even though, yeah, he had multiple other wives, but she was saying that he was very open to the fact that she was his favorite. Mm -hmm. They never left each other's side. They were actually like in, in love. love. Yeah. And just to have it like ripped 
and you've got no say in it. Yeah, zero say whatsoever. So, do you do you have any memory? You probably can't go into if this does happen or not. But do you remember in your upbringing anyone getting sort of like cast out? Like, did you ever witness anything like that? Um, nothing by way of marriages, really. Um, but I mean, my my grandfather was uh, a man who received a family, um, mm-hmm. and. You know, I don't want to go too far into that stuff. Um, but I mean, it the the reallocation of families. You know, all right, wife, move to a different household and stuff. I mean, it's it, there's a lot more context, and I don't want to say that's what happened with my grandfather because that that situation was completely different, um, given the context. Yeah. So, I um, mean, it's not really my spot to to talk about it without sitting down with someone who's from that family. So. Um, no, but in particular, just you, but, you you had witnessed stuff that, like that. That thing has happened in the AUB in the past. As far as it happening while I was alive, no, definitely not. Um, I don't remember. I mean, I remember people getting kicked out of their homes and stuff because of you know, like teenagers doing things that their parents didn't agree with, like back your shit and leave. You know, you got a girl pregnant in high school. You know. Like that kind of stuff happened. But as far as you know, your husband has been deemed unworthy see you later new family new house new husband that 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 didn't happen um so so yeah like i mentioned the caveat with all this stuff and uh, you know my frame of reference talking about it is the aub was flds on quiet mode if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so yeah for you growing up um i'm switching gears a little bit here what age because i know chris at one point you told me like you know growing up when you were little you and your friends would have conversations about like how many wives do you think you'd have you'd have like (laughs) how many years between wives do you think like oh maybe we'll give it a couple years and then i'll get my third wife you know like so those were conversations that you had so i know Mm -hmm. it wasn't like a choice but that was where your mind was at yeah little baby chris mode (laughs) how old did you think that you would be when before you like took your first wife like what age was that normal within your community um well the the conversations around sleepovers and like that kind of stuff i was you know i left when i was 13 you know 13 14 um and those conversations were always just kind of one of those things where i just i tried to play face as much as possible and i overcompensated a lot Mm -hmm. um just to try and convince everybody that i was still in um and so i I remember a few conversations with people where I like in my heart of hearts, I truly thought that I was going to be married before I was 20 or 21. Um, and the thing that they told, you know, young couples back then was like, you know, you get married to your first wife. Um, and then you guys within two years, you got to get another one. And technically the reason behind that is because if you are with somebody for longer than two years, you get set in your ways and if you get set in your ways, you'll be less likely to take another one. So basically like bang it a bang it a bang it a let's get him let's get him rolling. Well, so as you're saying that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm thinking, okay, if I were married at 18 or 19, thinking of the boy that I was dating at 18 or 19, like, oh my gosh, can you imagine if I was married to him? Like I would have been just so <laughs> yeah. blah. But then I'm thinking about it, and that's the genius of it, is that I would have married my high school boyfriend, mm-hmm. still like then married my college boyfriend still married everyone like you so you still have these multiple relationships you just always know that you just keep going on to the next one that's just yeah also getting my mind around that concept is just very like 
I can see how if that was normal, like that would feel normal. That like you don't just stop yourself at one; you keep growing and expanding and loving more people and having a bigger family. And well, yeah, and that's and that's what we were taught. You know, like it's it's not a we. There's times where I like thinking back on growing up in Pinesdale. There was, I mean, I was raised by you know stellar parents and you know things like an overall general respect for women was there. <laughs> Thank God. Love that. Um, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and so, so to hear and to see like these things in the FLDS where like women were a commodity and basically treated like cattle, um, like that wasn't, yeah. I remember thinking back, like that wasn't a thing in Pinesdale. Thank God. Thank God it was like that. Um, mm. But at the same time, like there was this kind of air of how like, you know what? Yeah, we got to get these wives going. You got to crank out some kids, and a lot of polygamist men in the AUB marry out of religious duty instead of love, and that causes serious problems in their marriages. And mm -hmm. like, I mean, I, I mentioned this on a podcast previously, but like, I have met a lot of polygamist men who are the type of guys who are just like, yeah, you know what? I just like it when it's quiet. You know, like they're just so yeah. like like so overwhelmed and they're just doing what they yeah. can and it's just kind of working and it's just ugh. but they're doing it in a way that's like you know they're they're doing it because they that's what they were taught to believe in and that's what they're doing you know but yeah. you know i can't fault them for that i was just one of those ones that got out of that so i can't really i don't know if you're right. abusing so, people fuck that <laughs> that's it the the numbers and they touched on this in the um, documentary that like they had to, you know, get rid of the young men because they were running out of wives for them. How was that in your experience? Because if everybody is taking three, four, five wives, numbers don't exactly. matter. There's so many men left over. Yeah. There's, do you just, some men are just. It's threats. Sorry. It's threat, threat to power. I mean, it's the same, same kind of idea. Like so did they kick them out. Yeah. The lost boys. Yeah. I, I do have a question. And let me know if I'm stepping a line here, but this is something that I noticed, right? When you're seeing all the footage of, you know, the the FLDS and you're seeing all the families and their kids, I didn't see a single child with Down syndrome in a wheelchair, any of that stuff. Okay. Right? What's up? Oh, are you thinking like the inbreeding and how that might turn into? Well, no, no, no I'm not saying about inbreeding. Or... I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like with that amount of kids, it like, like, yeah, okay, the inbreeding thing is one thing. Sure, we there was literally one okay. example of a girl who had to marry her first cousin. Yeah, that sounded like a horrible thing. Yeah. But with that amount of kids, there are some that are going to be born with birth defects. Yeah, just on sheer quantity of men. But you, but so the ones that are born with birth defects, like. <laughs> what do they do with them i didn't see any and i didn't see any in a wheelchair I didn't see any like it was just like every child was perfect so that's why i was just like what yeah. are they hiding i mean where are they hiding them where are they hiding the ones this is like this is your version of like a polygamous tinfoil hat i know they're out there i swear to god it's like atlantis <laughs> well, like, <laughs> am i am i wrong tell me i'm no, wrong like... no no okay <laughs> no and more than likely you know they're like they had to in order to make this documentary there's there's 
thousands of hours of footage and tapes and stuff yeah. and like things that they had to pick and choose and you know maybe they did have footage of it it just didn't make it past the cutting room floor that's all i'm saying um whether or not they are hiding them <laughs> in in some sort of like basement yeah. or something like that i don't think that happens <laughs> um but yeah happens so. in china dude well i know but this is not china this is el dorado texas <laughs> well that's what i was wondering true, too true. thinking about like the because like in other cultures like sons are considered like the valuable commodity right and you yeah. want sons you don't want daughters in a polygamist culture are you hoping for you're hoping for daughters because then you can have more sort of to give and to get type well, of deal? and they and they kind of talked about it the guy um Switcheroo. One of the private investigators who was like one of the ones who didn't let go of it. He, it's not Mike Watkiss, but one of the other guys um, who was working civil cases and, and, and that kind of thing mentions about that. Like, you know, the reason the, the, the genius move of Warren being the only person that can grant marriages basically meant that he controlled the commodity. Whether mm -hmm. he had the commodity, it didn't matter. He controlled it, and that's the main point. Mm -hmm. He was able to control because, you know, in the dogma of the FLDS, more wives, more planets, more salvation, more godliness, right? So naturally. wives naturally. and having families was, I know, naturally, right? <laughs> <laughs> so obvious that that's the way everything works. <laughs> um, but when your uh, wealth is counted in wives and families, that's what becomes the commodity. When you control the commodity, you control the people, right? And this is something that does not, that goes deeper than just like, yeah, wives are property, blah, blah, blah. It obviously speaks to like the patriarchal part of it, but every single cult and every single religion, Judeo-Christian religion, um, a huge part of it is something involved with sex, right? Yeah. Whether it's circumcision, premarital sex, all this different stuff. Sex is a very integral part in a lot of religions. And so yeah. the reason why I, well, believe, I believe that's a thing is because sex is so basically human. And I'm not talking basically as in generally speaking. I mean, it's it's basic yeah, yeah, yeah. to a hu being a human being, sex is part of it. Like it's, it's in our brain stem. Things. Yeah, it's in our brain stem type yeah. of stuff. So the brilliance of religion is if you can control a part of that part with humanity, then that grows into everything else because your your own self-identity is attached to your what you like on your genitals, right? Like there's there's a lot of different things that sex bleeds into. And so when you control that part, then you are able to control a wider net about that person individually. It's sinister, it's horrible, and that's why I don't practice any sort of modernized religion. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's, I mean, of course, there's a lot of stuff to talk about, but I kind of got derailed. Um, but there's, yeah, I don't think they're hiding kids in basements, Fraser. Sorry. Well. I'm sure they're not. Well, it was just something I noticed. I was like, all these kids are. I actually, I was thinking the same thing too. Cause, but I was thinking a combination of like what Chris said too is like, there's got to be some inbreeding genetic. Yeah. And so I did do a little. Oh, yeah, there's definitely that. Um, I Googled it because I was like, what the heck is going on here? Like, how is this not happening? And if you Google like, yeah, like genetic conditions polygamy like there's so many articles of just like towns that are filled filled with like people who have a rare genetic disorder but it's because it's so you know so like 
I think it probably is like what Chris said that they just weren't including. I think kind of like me asking too about like what where were the men's story? This was clearly like mm. a story about women who were yeah. starting out completely, you know, controlled, breaking free and bringing down it. And so I think if they wanted to, they could probably do a whole documentary on just the genetics behind That'd it. Interesting. Oh yeah, no, yeah. totally. And um, we were talking about the Lost Boys and that's where I got kind oh, of spun yes. out with the sex stuff. But yes, yeah. to, to take it back to controlling the commodity and when like it's, it's basically like sexual capitalism, right? Like you, yeah. you know, there's one guy who has accumulated the wealth you know, like fucking Ruland had 80 something wives or 65 wives or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. like, no, I think he was 80 something. He was 80 something years old. Yeah. So, um, yeah. that's where that Elmer crept in. But like when you, it's, it's like, uh, Amazon trying to get rid of and buying out all these other so smaller companies. Right. Yeah. If, but what Warren did is instead of like accumulating and like bringing them in, he shut them off and sent them out. So it's like, okay, oh, this startup company is doing really well. They have the same kind of product as we do. They could probably do a lot of the same things we do, but I have more power than he does. And so instead of being like, oh, hey, yeah, let's work together, he just goes, dumb, see ya. And that's basically what yeah. happens with all of the teenage men in the community or, or of, of marriageable age well, they go, men. In well, the they go into working on construction sites. That's what they were saying about the, Labor the unbelievable thing about the Mormon religion is that there? even you were saying about so many Mormon men go into construction, it very much is kind of like this thing that is like get pumped into because they shot up, how quick did they make Zion? It was in like no time at all. It was just made. Yeah, so- Because they were working all around the clock. I'll, I'll, put, an, I'll put an asterisk because you said Mormon twice. So Mormon, I want to make sure that we're delineating sorry, between okay. Mormon and FLDS because yeah, okay, sorry, FLDS. Yeah, people might get lost in the weeds. But, so, but yeah, no, what I was saying about Mormon, I thought Mormons kind of it was like a very common thing that they go into construction, right? I well, yeah, no, or, you're you're right, and there's a lot of Mormon yeah. men that do construction, but more so, there's a lot more polygamous men that do construction, in my opinion. Mostly Mormon men go into sales because of missionary work, but okay. um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, so the the constant stream of free labor. That's yeah, what like exactly. and then, and then and how, how does that work? So then these teenage boys, they send them to go do construction or whatever. And then like at what point do they come back and they're like, I'm ready for my six wives? Like well, they just I mean it depends. Leave? Do you remember that section of the documentary where uh Joe uh was asked by Warren to go get Ruby back? Mm -hmm. And dude, man. Like So they, they and, send them away until they need something from them. Yeah. Like, and then said, Hey, yeah, if you bring her back, you guys will be able to live your life together. The moment she got back, he sent so her out and then Warren married yeah. really near it happened so near the start of the documentary, yeah, when they send Joe out to go get Ruby and with the promise that if she comes back, you guys can get married. And he's like, This is all we've wanted. We've got this promise that we can finally get married. He brings her back. And then it's just a giant middle finger to Joe, and it's like, no, fuck you, go away, never talk to us again. Yeah. Um, so, oh, and you can just see how much when they're talking, and like Joe especially, how much he just regrets. You can tell that day plays that? over in his head every single day. Yeah. Could he you just imagine? got her and took her back to her nightmare. Yeah. And he was a girl he loved. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. it's horrible. Yeah. Unreal levels of guilt. You know, I don't I don't envy his position at all. But one thing I do want to say about Joe. Um, is that I don't think Joe's a bad person. Um, and no, no, not I, at all. Not I, uh, at all. <laughs> he also something that just uh, something that I noticed while I was watching 
if you rewatch the the documentary again, listen to how Joe talks. He talks exactly how most of everybody talked in my community. As far as his tone, and there's like a small little accent. I mean, this is just stuff that I notice, but like the way that he talked was like resonant with me. I was like, whoa, this is kind of nostalgic to hear that level. The way that he says profit was just like, oh, whoa, okay. That's exactly how I heard it in my head. Like it kind of rang a deeper bell for me, just the way that he talked. And I, I just, I don't know, it was just something remarkable, but, um, but yeah, no, uh, unbelievable that he would be in a spot to, you know, listen to Warren that hard. And she, I mean, Ruby escaped, dude. Yeah. Like she fucking boosted. She was out. Like fucking did it. And the level of, and which is so fucking, it, it speaks to Warren's cowardice. Um, the moment that she left, because she's been through all this other bullshit with other marriages and all that, and the fact that she might be the type of person to say something, that Warren started panicking. He's mm. like, you got to get her back, you know, because he knew that she was a threat to him. And, you yeah. know, I'm fucking, I'm, I was so, I was, there was this moment at the end of the third episode where it talked, where the music started to swell and Mike Watkiss is talking about like, yeah, we, we got the scent and we're tracking him down. Like I, my heart started racing. I was like, man, they're going to fucking get him. And I remember the feeling of him being caught and seeing him on the news, like we caught him, we got Warren. How long was he on the run for? I didn't, I can't remember. Oh, I can't remember. It, it was a few years. Yeah, time. Um, few years he was or, on no the was it a few years no it wasn't a few years i'm i'm trying to remember it was the, a few years no i'm trying to remember the dates that I popped up really in the, you know, on the screen but um, but i loved it when they were showing about how when he was on the run he was on living uh, it up man fbi's top 10 most wanted and he was just traveling around and he's wearing like hard rock t-shirts going to he's vegas living the fuck he's dude he got he got found he, no sorry he got prosecuted in vegas yeah in sin city yeah. itself I just thought that was so awesome that he, it all went down. But How Wendy, when they found him, and he's just wearing like some like graphic tees, he's trying to make himself like look cool and fit in. He was going to strip clubs, and what it was every single person, every single person who could work in a house had to come up with a thousand dollars to give straight to him, and they were sending over like tins of fifty thousand dollars just every week, and more than that. And he was just living the best life. I thought it was like a like hundreds of thousands. Three, a week, wasn't it? Three hundred thousand. No, I think. Yeah, no. It was. Well, I think it, in one. Yeah, but I think in one thing. Oh yeah, yeah. So you're. Like, yeah. yeah, we're Devin speaking grand total. Um. So oh, yeah. yeah, how much a week were they sending? Him? It was three hundred thousand a week oh, yeah. at least every week. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. But, every but they thought week. that he was using that to build, build like Zion. To build Zion. Building. Yeah. Yeah. To build yeah. Zion. Yeah. Three hundred thousand a week. Yeah. What could he Every possibly week. do? What could he do? What was? What would he? What? Well, Whores I mean, and cocaine, baby. Dude, we're, that's what he was doing in Sin City. Fuck yeah, man. <laughs> that <laughs> living, is living the high life. Yeah. So when you think about yeah. it, like you get three hundred people to give you a thousand dollars. You know, like that's the reason why. I mean, <laughs> like, and and the thing is, you know, they were the the FLDS controlled their businesses. So they were already getting the money from the businesses. So how can they ask someone to give them the money that they're already profiting from by working for them? That doesn't make any sense, right? But again, the brilliance of having a mass amount of people brainwashed to do whatever the fuck you want them to do is that you could say, 
but we got to keep going. We got to keep going. It's the fucking Alex Jones shit with his Infowars stuff where he's always talking about like, guys, I can only last a few more times. I need I need your donations and buy my fucking, you know, weird, stupid products in order to fund this thing because I'm, I'm you know, I'm not really making a lot of money. It's the same kind of idea. So Warren was asking people on top of, a, of getting every cent that they made because the FLDS owned the business. He said, keep going by any means necessary. Sell your shit. Like... So he's just yeah. burying them further, further, further into committing to him. It's it, it's blatant narcissism, obviously, and it it, it was effective. <laughs> 300,000 I found it so interesting. The first episode when it's really given you the uh, uh, Warren's upbringing, I just found so fascinating that they all said, if you were to take all of Roland's kids, Warren was nothing to write home about. He no. was a very kind of like, boring uninteresting kind of weird dude but then it was his mother who had a sign from whoever to say that warren is the person to to help lead us and he just gets so he looks like a villain this is the thing about warren jess he looks like a snake he looks <laughs> like an evil devil he does he, and he's got that weird he's got that snidey if he, all the pictures where he's like smiling he's got that like half about like half his face is doing like a smile kind of looks like randall from uh monsters inc <laughs> randall yeah <laughs> like a little bit <laughs> and, and that's awesome he's like this guy is terrifying he's a scary dude yeah yeah he's a fucking monster man um i do love there was that moment in the in the I can't remember which episode it was where she was describing, you know, seeing, you know, snake eyes from Warren, mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, and she's like, yeah, it literally looks like snake eyes and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what the fuck? Like when you are yeah. that entrenched in, you know, bullshit, like that's exactly how you would describe it, you know, because you don't know anything different, but you know, it's, it's, it's just crazy. Yeah. No, Warren was eight weeks premature, you know? I mean, so of, of course yeah. that he was kind of a sickly looking kid you know, but that's mm -hmm. that's the story that you need in order to fucking send that trajectory upwards towards the top. How he just took over completely for Roland, and that was the other thing. So we haven't even talked about that. When, is it? Am I pronouncing it right? Roland. Rulin. 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 R U L O N. When Roland died, I thought it was so funny when they they were the wives were saying about they never thought he was never supposed to die. They were <laughs> taught that he will never die, yeah. and then when he died. At the funeral, they were like, it wasn't sad, it was just confusing. Like, everyone was kind of looking at each other, like, thinking any moment now he's going to sit up and be like, ta da! <laughs> <laughs> like, he just got pumped. <laughs> yeah. Ashton was, Kutcher comes from back with funny. the backwards hat. Yeah. And even the pictures, the, the pictures at his funeral when he's there and he's surrounded in a sea of wives in white yeah. dresses. Yeah. They're not they really looking like they're mourning. They are kind of like smiling because. They thought that he's not dead. He's he's gonna wake up. He told us. Yeah. At what point do you think that like sort of shook their beliefs? Then you know, like. I mean, when they were lowering the casket, because remember, I mean, like, like they talk about the panic that they were feeling when yeah, they started like filling it in. It's yeah, like, well, he's, he's not gonna, 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 gonna yeah. come back up. Yeah, yeah. So. But I mean, so then when obviously he never sat up and said, "Surprise, you're being punked," and when he never you know clawed his way out of the casket, like at what point yeah. are they like, "Huh, they were wrong about that"? What else are we being? Yeah, this is when Warren I mean, swooped it, in and was like, 
me now. Yeah. My so, turn. I mean, at what point that are, I think the question, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Devin. It sounds like you're don't asking the question, me. like, did Ruin's finality cause doubt? Yes. Like okay. there must've been some sort of creeping disbelief because it's like, okay, everyone has yeah. been saying that he's going to, you know, come he's back and die. that he yeah. can't that die. That turned out to be bullshit. What else? Is? What else is bullshit? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I can't speak to any of, of what they might've been experiencing, but I mean, that would, that would trigger it for me. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I, I, I think part of the reason why that belief is, is there is because my uncle Brady touched on this a little bit in his previous episode and anybody who's listening now, I would encourage um, listening to his episodes, but he talks about um, your sent your second anointings or your second endowments. Basically you get, you receive your first endowments in the FLDS and the AUB and stuff and Mormonism as well when you get married or go on your mission. Um, and it's basically, that's when you get your garments. That's when you get, uh, you make all these promises and covenants with the Lord, right? So those are your firsts, but then you basically prove that you can be saintly and you receive your second anointings. And part of your second anointings is you become essentially a God on earth and it's in the ceremony and stuff to where they say like, you know, the physical elements have no sway over you anymore. You can control the, the flow of water and shit. I mean, I don't know. I, that's like, that's very yada yada. I'm, I'm just saying like master over the elements, I, I think is what is, I could be wrong. But um, I, I, in fact, I know I'm, I'm wrong on that. And there's going to be a lot of people who probably listen to this who'd be like, Chris, you are full of shit. Shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> but anyway. They'd um, say that for other reasons too. Though. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Just... Chris, shut the frick up is what they would say. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, so the the belief that you have this mysticism, this mystical powers with your second anointings, and of course, when you're the prophet, like you have that plus more because you're the direct line from God. So of course, it would make mm -hmm. sense that there's this mythos created with him being immortal, and and that kind of thing. So that's where the belief is coming from. Whether or not it started to cause doubt, I can't speak to, but knowing how intense that might be the fact that he never really had master over the elements and can't get sick or whatever and kicked the bucket mm -hmm. like i mean two and two is four usually so like when roland was was the prophet it sounded like a relatively nice time i mean compared for i mean for cult standards it seemed like everyone was kind of on a fair you know page because yeah, even the people good. who were involved in it they all kind of was like, yeah, like it was fine. Even the, uh, it was Lloyd and his wife. That is kind of at the start of the documentary. Then mm -hmm. they talk about when they got another one. But Mur they, um, but they were just like, it was all good. And it was just the second war and turn up. That's when just everything changed and it just went. Things and they were talking about more like, even, He became he became principal of the school at twenty one. Mm -hmm. Okay, yep. you know, in mind he was twenty one when he became principal of that school, and he was just so into discipline that was his main thing was just discipline and pounding into no more fun what's with the what's with the color red by the way <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay. okay that that is a thing too though i don't know uh anyone who was raised catholic but my mom was raised catholic and she i wore a red homecoming dress one year and she's like red is just such a harlot's color like i remember she like thought that red was like a very i'm wearing a red shirt right now yeah, yeah you look like a harlot <laughs> yeah yeah you fucking slut I, I'm... um but the red okay. is like red is a so <laughs> there's there's so much that's so funny that that came up when when that 
I mean, Fraser, when you were watching it initially and you texted me like, what's up with the color red? I just <laughs> laughed to, I, I laughed. And so seeing it in the documentary and like seeing it come up and stuff was just, it's funny to me because there's a few things that I find funny about it. First off, if any of you or who are listening have ever seen um, The Village by M. Night Shyamalan is a great movie. Mm -hmm. I love the movie. Bryce Dallas Howard is in it, a, a young Adrian Brody. Um, it's a good movie. It's a great movie. Um, there are, you should all watch it after you watch this. Watch Keep Sweet, Pray and Obey, and then mm -hmm. watch The Village, okay? Because there are parallels and similarities that are unbelievable. In The Village, and this is just a small little spoiler, the color red is labeled, labeled the bad color. It doesn't exist. A red flower grows. You mm -hmm. dig up a hole and you bury it, right? All this different stuff. And so I find that funny. This is one of those like life imitates art kind of things, right? Um, but another reason why I find it funny is because the color red was also banned in Pinesdale recently. Really? I mean, recently. not, not banned, banned, but like heavily, heavily suggested, Damn. like, yeah, no. Um, and okay. When you say the color red, is that color red only for women or are men allowed to wear red? I think it's mostly directed at the women, obviously. Well, so, of course it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if it's like red across the board, like no red. Like your curtains right now are red curtains bad. Yeah, I mean they. Yeah, I'm a sinner. You know that. So. Well, yeah, that's right. Like you're just you're just putting it on display now. It was at this point in the recording that I thought to myself, hmm, that definitely didn't feel like 40 minutes. That for sure wasn't 40 minutes. Why would Zoom tell me that they had 40 free minutes for me without actually giving me 40 minutes for free? And then it started to click and I had an idea. With the rising cost of inflation, it makes total sense that in order to milk every single person with an internet connection for every single dime that they have, Zoom would shorten the amount of time you're able to record without paying for it, and with each subsequent time you record without upgrading, it gets shorter and shorter. So instead of treating their customers like people and treating the rest of us who are currently getting more and more desperate by the day like cash cows, it's all right because we helped with content and increase their profit margins, and if there's anything to take away from this episode of Polygonometry is that more money actually means more problems. We're all wondering when democracy is going to collapse, and I'll tell you right now, it's when the price per gallon is more expensive than minimum wage. Nihau, bitch lasagna. Nihau, bitch lasagna. Yay. <laughs> Came in when you were yawning. I thought you were laughing hysterically at something. <laughs> no big yawn. <laughs> okay, where were we? Um, was... You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. So I have another thing that uh, came up for me talking about like pop culture. At one point, I was like, the thought came in my head of like, the handmaid's tale yeah yep yeah. yep yeah specific scene that like you know it's like there were definitely inklings of that throughout the whole thing obviously but where that really came up was they were showing like some sort of like pageanty thing that a bunch of girls they were all standing in lines and their pastel mm -hmm. colors and they had the little girls in front and like the and they're doing the dance with the holding hands and stuff yes yeah yeah and then like they like are just putting on a show for this room of gross old men and then as they're walking out did you hear one of the men say like yes yes, yes. this is you what know, i was exactly. gonna bring up too now <laughs> yeah, how about yeah, you, you do the it. dishes yeah, how about you do the or dishes? something yeah. Like, yeah. how about you do the dishes mm -hmm. and i that was again like the anger was like at a peak the entire oh. time but that was when i turned off i turned it off i had I to, to walk away because i was getting yeah. too worked up <laughs> i walked away I, from it it well, was it was also one of those things it was so like they just did this beautiful sorry to burp <laughs> drink having, having a little beer um 
they just done this amazing show. They, they just, you know, did that. Well, it wasn't amazing. They sang. They put in some but effort. The hair was all they, did. They had but they tried. And they did. And it was, and it, it, was all, it was amazing. It was pu- it was so pure. And then it was the first thing that was said as soon as it yes. was done. It wasn't well like done. It was good. It was it done. And it was like, now why don't you go do the dishes? So. And you're thinking about these poor little girls that you know they practiced, you know, they they put on their best dress and they made sure that their hair was just so. And they like, that's going to be a core memory for some of these little girls is like working hard with the idea that this is to please men. And then instead of like a thank you girls, that was wonderful. Instead of any sort of recognition, just like such a- and even one though it was of like the most misogynistic, yes. just like- Oh. And that internalized misogyny is like, we're like Chris is talking about the fire hose of trauma that these women are facing every day. It's like, that's yeah. exactly it, is that it's just like internalizing that that is their purpose is to entertain, to be sweet, to be pretty, and to do the dishes. Like, and clean. <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I would, it's, and I will say this too. The thing that just made honestly that like triggered a lot from I don't want to call it triggering because that's not the kind of mentality that I had with it um, but it just triggered a memory and this feeling of nostalgia okay. of their use of songs in the documentary because there's mm-hmm. a few moments where it shows them doing like that that little program that they were doing but they're singing about how much they love their dad so it's mm-hmm. dedicated to their yes. dad so which makes it even yeah. more tragic that he would just be like no <laughs> dishes you know um, so yeah, there's just, the songs were something that we sang all the time. I mean, not those songs in particular, but there was, do you have any Zion songs? We sang about Zion a little bit. Yeah. But, um, but there was this moment where I started humming along, like, really, oh, no. kind of like, it was one of those things, like I wanted to meet that awkward feeling head on. So I like tried uh-huh. to like start singing along to kind of like trick my brain and be like, this has no power over me, you know, <laughs> like, like exposure therapy. Yeah, no, truly it was. Uh-huh. And so I started singing along and I was like, whoa, okay. That was a feeling. All right. And we're done. <laughs> feel <Okay. those> feel. <laughs> yeah. So their use of songs made it even more creepy to me. Yeah. Um, and you know, just listening to like, the, like there's a few moments where they they you just hear piano music and it's the music to a specific hymn and just hearing piano music starting a hymn was just like just a bam holy shit kind of like being back in that moment for for a little bit but it was it was kind of an interesting spot I'm so glad I watched it honestly because it kind of was okay. like yeah okay Whew. I was gonna ask that because um and I don't know if this is something that I can share because it's something you told me but when I asked you, like, you know, I'm watching this, what the heck is going on? Have you seen this yet? And you were like, oh, I'm not watching it yet. Yeah. What, how is this for you with, you know, your journey of my journey? Sort of <laughs> um, well, I remember, well, I actually, so it was only a couple of weeks ago. I, I, I got sent the trailer for, for, uh, keep sweet. And I, uh, I sent it to Chris. Was that the first time you saw it was when I sent it to you? Mm-hmm. I didn't know about it until you sent it, yeah, sent so it to me. I didn't know about it until it got sent to me. So I then sent it to Chris and I was like, oh, dude, we've got another episode. <laughs> like, yeah. Get ready. Yeah. And I was kind of like, I didn't really kind of think about it. And Chris, your reply was, this one's going to be tough. Like, yeah. This one's a bit kind of like hitting quite close to home. It's going to be a bit triggering. Yeah. And, um, and I remember first kind of not really getting it, but oh, it'll be fine. I watched 
I think when I got like after the first episode, maybe halfway through the second one, I messaged Chris saying, "Yeah, dude, I I get what you mean. Like this is gonna be yeah." I can only imagine trying to put myself into your shoes, what this could look well, like. And I was like, I completely get it. I don't know if you should well, watch it. it sounds- well, I mean, I also don't want to like paint myself in this way where it's like, it was so hard for me to watch this thing. Like, wah. Like, no, it, no, it really, no, that's not what it was at uh, all. No, no, no. That's and what so, it was at all, but it was. And, and being that I grew up in an offshoot of the FLDS instead of the FLDS directly. But I mean, in the first yeah. episode, they show a picture and it's my great grandpa just boom with his wives. And I was like, whew. Really? I've seen that picture before. But yeah. So, like, it was one of those things where I was like, woo, okay, all right. We they, we are not Buckle holding up. back. Yeah, we're, we're strapping ourselves in for this oh, one. God. So, um, And like we said, you're seeing Jessup constantly. Oh, yeah. Everywhere. Songs that you remember. With the way they talk. Like, there's so many components of your childhood that are, whether it's FLDS or not. You well, know, they talk about the underwear. <laughs> they talk about the underwear that yeah. you guys have spoken about what your mom has spoken about a lot mm-hmm. yeah so <laughs> yeah the garments i mean yeah wrist and ankle length like yeah it's the same kind of garments that the women and men in the aub wore so uh made after probably the same patterns actually like literally the same patterns you know at least you know had been copied and and, and distributed you know throughout the time but at any rate yeah so as far as like what it was like watching it um like I, like I mentioned at the top of this, there have been so many people that have reached out to me, and be like, "What is Fred Jessup your dad?" <laughs> um, like, yeah. And that kind of so well, for I, reference, I, I was as soon as I saw that, I was trying to rack my memory. I was like, "Have I heard him mention a Fred?" Okay, so Fred. to answer the question of how yeah, I'm related to Fred, is, after a while, no, after a while, when I saw many other Jessups, I was like, "I need to stop trying to now think yeah. if I can remember." There's here. a whole Honestly, podcast. There really the are so many. Well, yeah. if you if you want to know what it's like <laughs> to have a family tree that looks like a family bush, just watch this episode uh, or this documentary. But it's it's one of those like okay. So how I'm related to Fred is I I don't know the exact polygonometry, but he's probably related to my great grandpa in some way, shape, or form. I'm assuming they might be brothers or cousins or something like that. That's I can't I don't know the exact title of how he's related to me, but the fact that we have the same name. And the fact that it's, you know, what what is it now, number five on Netflix? Like, yeah, there's a lot of eyes and a lot of ears that are seeing and hearing my name. And so people, or my last name rather, and so people have reached out like, hey, what's up? Is this your family? And so now I have to, you know, start addressing it on stage a little bit more, um, which is weird because this is so recent. Like this thing came out a few weeks ago. Yeah. So um, yeah. uh, a few of my comedian friends obviously saw that and, you know, know about my history and stuff. And so they have been texting me like, Hey, yo, dude, have you seen this shit? Like, this is nuts. They're asking me all these questions about Warren yeah. Jeffs and blah, blah, blah. Um, and my, my friend Rob, uh, said the same thing that you did Fraser of like, Oh yeah, bro, you should probably hold off on seeing this. Um, and I had told him like, yeah, I haven't watched yeah. it yet because it's probably gonna be pretty tough. Cause you're going to see a lot. And, um, cause just the way that they did their, the, the trailer, I was like, Oh, they're not going to hold back. Mm-hmm. Um, and no. obviously they saved the best for last in a very uncomfortable and horrible way with the recording. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Dude, even just, yeah. So I've watched, I've watched it through, I've watched the whole thing through twice and, and I literally just finished watching that last episode about half an hour before we started recording again. That recording was 
oh, the most disgusting thing I've ever heard in my life. And they were talking about the guy who was, uh, I think he was one of the detectives, and he said, uh, thank God for Warren that there was about 10 armed police officers in that courthouse when they were playing mm -hmm. that audio because there were seven women out of 10 of the jury. And he said, I reckon every single one of them would have jumped over and killed him with their bare hands. And I believe it. No, and that I fucking th those, believe it. I mean... <laughs> Thank God for keeping good records, right, Warren? <laughs> and, you know, we want to talk yeah. about how, like, brilliant Warren is. And the part of his brilliance was his meticulous note-taking because he was able to make very specific mm. decisions based on the data that he collected, essentially, right? Um, but also what led to his downfall and the fucking final nail into his fucking lead coffin was the fact that he recorded shit. And, you know, I there is hell is is paradise for what warren deserves and men like warren um do you think that he really really believed that he was the prophet or do you think that it was just the power started to take over uh, and he was just like oh this can roll with me like do you believe that he, he really believed psychopath. that he was like i i am the prophet and every thought subconscious thought i have that's god talking to me they need okay. to know like uh you think he's a bit smarter than that <laughs> give, give me i really don't know i really don't know i think he was a pedophile and i think he liked young oh, girls cute. and i think he figured out how he could do that and i don't think there was any any god component in him um there can't be i mean because if god's all about compassion and you know he was doing the, the worst things imaginable how could so I it's I am so glad that you asked that because I have uh, on YouTube uh, pulled up and ready to go a video that they did not show in the uh, documentary where Warren Jeff says that I am not your prophet. I lied and I'm going to uh, play it for you guys. Fuck off. I no. Do you want me to share the screen so you can see? Yes. All right. Give yes, me, yes, give, yes. Give me one we second. We get the inside scoop. Give me one second here. Why wouldn't they use this? This is great. All right. Okay. As you can see, my algorithm has to do with superheroes. Um, oh. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's uh, maximize this bad boy here. You guys can see this, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. I want to make sure we go to the highest traffic area. I think it's right here. Okay, so for context, for those of you who can't see obviously what's going on because this is an audio-only format, uh, if you go on YouTube and you type in Warren Jeffs in prison, I am not your prophet, this will pull up. Um, it's a video that has, at this point, 53,000 views. Um, when which, was this uh, uploaded? This was uploaded. Where's the, where's the date? Does it have a date? I don't know. Where's the date? It has 270 likes. All right, carry yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Tanisha, you can tell anybody who wants to read this message or see the video that they can see it. even apostates and Gentiles. 
vymenou. Zdraje ho zpěnodláže. And the truth is not in me. servant who was never his servant who is dictating these words at this time that you may know This is not a test. I say farewell again to all who qualify for Zion. pause it really quick and it says on the on the title or on the video uh, some text comes up and it says even after viewing this prison video many FLDS members still believe Warren Jeffs is their prophet yeah, but he lit okay why didn't they involve this in the documentary then I don't know and sorry you did find the date this this was done in 2017 that's five years ago why yeah. didn't they involve why didn't they, they put this in I don't know but we're breaking the big news on polygonometry. <laughs> this is a polygonometry exclusive. It truly is, man. Uh, yeah, so... Uh... <laughs> Thanks for the phone in, Warren. Yeah. Can we also just talk about the fact, like, why did this man have to speak like that? I hate the way that he speaks. I hate it. <laughs> You're they, asking, say about, okay. they say about so how angry. he was a great public speaker. He is not a great public speaker. He was time, terrible at it. Time out. Before, <laughs> before we go further, I've explained this to Fraser numerous times, Devin, and I think I've explained this to you as well. 
asking why is a fool's errand. <laughs> you will not get the answers you seek. I promise it will never happen. Okay. <laughs> Trust me on this. Fraser knows what? time and time again. <laughs> there's been, okay. I'll rephrase. <laughs> okay. What was his intention in speaking like a fucking idiot? Why did he have to, what? What his own bullshit, his own like his own ego, his own self-inflated like, identity. Okay, watching that video and yeah. <laughs> watching that video, I was also watching Fraser's reaction, and both of us were like, "What the fuck? Just say it. Mm. Say the words. Speak. Speak words right now." <laughs> yeah. That took him so long to speak. I just want him to speak quickly and miss the fucking <laughs> asshole. You're just, so no, out. no, you're just anxious and don't want to feel that way anymore. So just yes. give me the thing that'll just make me feel better. Yes, <laughs> tell me you're an asshole. Yes. <laughs> um, I so... need verbal confirmation, Warren. Are you an asshole? <laughs> yes, yes no, is Warren. the answer. <laughs> Do you know that you're an asshole? Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> dude, yeah, I was, ne I was never the prophet. Like, that's... That's to answer the question of, do you think Warren believed his own bullshit? I don't need to say anything because he says it for me. He knows. What do you think this documentary is going to do for the people on the FLDS? Well, I take it a lot of people in the FLDS probably don't have Netflix. No. They don't. Yeah. Um, but, um, I think but what that about, they're... Okay, okay what, about, what about polygamists? Like, you know, even in the AUB, but like... Because it kind of, it is one of those things that you see that and it's like, this is uh, polygamy. And then some people who aren't really as educated on the whole, you know, offshoots of the fundamentalism, that's just kind of what polygamy looks like. So what do you think it, so what's it, how does it feel for like someone like you who grew up in this, with, with a family like this, where you have seen that it's not like that that it can be nice, that it can, it can work out very, very good. Uh, what do you think it's going to do? Or how do you think it, what does it feel like? Um, well, cause I, you do know that's how it kind of looks. It's just kind of oh, like, yeah. this is that religion. Oh yeah, no, totally. Um, and I think something that going forward, if people are automatically associating the last name Jessup with prairie dresses and stupid hairstyles and 12 year old raping it could be worse um, your last name could be jeff's it could be jeff's you know <laughs> um but you know it i think that people going forward need to understand that there are subsidiary sects of mormonism everywhere like like i mentioned before mm -hmm. there's there's offshoot mormonism groups from new york all the way to utah and to california and elsewhere like the and as a side note, the brilliance of the end of the Book of Mormon play speaks to that, right? Because I don't. Again, spoiler: mm -hmm. we're not just spoiling. Keep sweet. We're spoiling the bar, the Broadway play. Um, but at the end of the Broadway play, it's been out since 2012. Fuck you guys. Um, anyway, so uh, there's at the end of the at the end of the play, uh, Elder Cunningham forms his own version of Mormonism where Boba Fett is like this main <laughs> character and he fucks a frog and like, or Joseph Smith fucks a frog, yeah. all this different stuff, right? So the brilliance of that satire is that there's an offshoot of Mormonism that happened in Uganda at the end of the play. And that has happened yeah. in Mormonism's history or Mormon's history throughout everything. So where I grew up, if you, if you see Jessup's in Montana, they're related to all the Jessups that are down in Short Creek and in El Dorado and all this different stuff, but mm -hmm. 
it's not the same exact thing. The AUB is different than the FLDS. It just is yeah. in a lot of different ways, but in a lot of ways, geographically, how, yes. How, but yeah, how close were they to you guys? Okay, so Mont. Okay, so Pinesdale is in. It's just south of Missoula on Montana's nose. Um, if you look at the border mm-hmm. of Montana, it, there's a definitive nose. We grew up on the nose, um, the bridge of the nose, mm-hmm. to be more specific. Um, and Short Creek is on the Arizona Utah border. So as far as drive time. And this will blow your mind, Fraser. Uh, mm-hmm. Drive time from Pinesdale to Short Creek is, yeah, I mean, it's upwards of 12 hours or 13 hours. I mean, I could look it up exactly right now uh, just to kind of give oh, you an that's idea. That's like countries away, mate. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, I forgot you're not from the U.S. I'm no, like, yeah, that's like a day. Right? <laughs> so? <laughs> 12, hours, 12 hours, I could drive to, I don't know, Portugal? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 11 hours and 31 minutes is the typical drive time. Um, yeah, so that's kind of, yeah, that's how long it is. It's a, let's see here. It is 787 miles via the road. Okay, yeah, that's countries away, mate. Yeah, but like two states, <laughs> so. <laughs> um, um, two states, hey? So they're yeah. just two states away from you. Yeah, so you go through Montana, or you yeah. go down and go through Idaho, and then all of Utah, and then it's right at the bottom of Utah, on the top of Arizona. That's mm-hmm. where, where it's at. The crick, as they say. The, the crick. Nice. I mean, the, the crick. When did they show that lagoon bit where she's where Ruby's jumping in? Oh, yeah, Quail nice, Lake. I guess. Quail Lake, yeah. Yeah, Quail Lake. Have you ever been there? No. No, I've never been. I mean, it would be kind of, uh, as far as like what it'll do for other polygamists too. I mean, there might be a certain weird sense of tourism that happens sometimes, you know, with these type of things, yeah. especially, and Devin, yeah. you might speak to this cause you're a white woman and love true crime, but is that <laughs> something that happens? Like, is there like a subsect or sub part of the subculture of like the true crime podcast listeners that... <laughs> I'm I'm just essentially going full tokenism with this. Like, as a woman, do you? I was think- going to say. So, <laughs> am I the token uh, white woman that loves true crime? Because yeah. yes, I'll fit that mold. What's is there the like is there tourism that happens? Like, you know, do people say like we need to go to the Amityville house or whatever just to go see? Yes. Okay. I would love to go to the Amityville house. Are you okay. kidding? So, <laughs> so the reason why I bring that up is there is there might be a you know a, I, a portion of the people who watch this they're like let's go to Short Creek and see it. I okay, like I don't think people are gonna be like yeah let's go there like out of our way. But like if I was doing a trip across the country and I happened to be like a twenty minute detour and I wanted to you know just like. Yeah break up the drive i would totally detour around and like push my nose against the glass and sort of look at all the animals in the zoo i feel like there's going to be a little bit of that that's going to happen yeah i'm glad you compared my family you to zoo me- animals that's fun that's what i know where the treated as a little yeah bit. no it's true chris you know where the american gothic barn is don't you or like you told or is it you that told me about that yeah it's in iowa were you like yeah yeah but have you been to it uh yeah we drove past it or something. That's I remember so I was there. So cool. I was Imagine there with, being yeah. told that that or no, barn, the I don't American Gothic barn. It was close. I, I don't know if we drove past it or not. But I mean, every single barn in that area of the world looks like the American Gothic barn. But I don't know the exact one. Yeah. I can't remember exactly if we drove past it or not. But anyway, 
Um, I think that brings up an interesting point, though, about like the fascination that Americans have with like subcultures. And I think what this documentary Mm. did do, because so like you think about like when you go abroad, there's like kind of this understanding of like, you know, like I'm thinking of like East Asian cultures that are, you know, like within the jungle that like there's tours that you can go and like walk through their, you know, jungle village. And it's like, okay, as a decent tourist, no, let's not do that. Hence the whole animals in a cage metaphor. Like we don't treat people like that. Sure. But in America, we have this like, oh, they're new... different. Let's stare at them. Yeah. It's okay. You know what I mean? So I think there uh, would be. It's similar here. Like in London, you can go on the Jack the Ripper walk and you uh-huh. can walk around the streets of like where Jack the Ripper killed like the certain prostitutes. And it's like, it's right here. And it becomes like a, right here around the corner. a like yeah. weird attraction. Yeah. So yeah, totally. I think, I mean, as far as like that weird fascination that we have with this kind of stuff, um, I don't know. Stephen King has a few words to say about it. Um, mm-hmm. And I would encourage anybody to read his, like, why we love horror essay. Um, but at at the end of it, basically, he compares this emotion, this, this you know, need for to be scared, right? Why do we need to be scared? We love horror movies. We love true crime. We love, like, the weird, crazy. I mean, mm-hmm. Ripley's Believe It or Not, you know, to the extreme yes. kind of stuff. Like, you know, we love that kind of part of ourselves for some weird reason because it's all, it's usually always horrible and it's usually always tragic, right? But yeah. we're still fascinated by it for some reason. And the way that he compares it is that like, we're just trying to keep our gator fed. Like we have an alligator inside of us that needs to have that be satiated or else it's gonna eat us alive or whatever. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. he obviously writes it a lot better than I do or, you know, me paraphrasing it, but. Um, that idea that we're kind of trying to satiate like this almost sickening sense of validation that we're actually are horrible creatures, you know? So well, so that that makes me think too about like the way the documentary was done as a whole. Um, and we've kind of touched on it that they saved the worst for last. But yeah. so we spend four hours essentially, like let's say three hours and 45 minutes watching this documentary that is keeping me to a point that I'm like angry, but like not like sick. You know what I mean? I'm just kind of like, mm-hmm. wow, this is fascinating. Like what Stephen King is talking about. I'm just like, I want more. I want more. I kind of binge the whole thing all at once, honestly. Yeah. And then yeah, it gets good. to the point yeah, no. that last 15 minutes of the documentary where they start talking about the altar bed and they show the tape. And then you just get like, that pushed me over the edge where I'm like, this is not, I'm not having fun anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I am yeah. disgusted and I don't enjoy this. I don't want to watch this anymore. I don't think I would have watched an episode past that, which is why it was so brilliantly done that it leaves you with like yeah. this taste in your mouth that you can't stop talking yeah. about it. Cause it's like, people need to know. Um, Chris, apart from obviously that last bit, what part was, did you find the hardest to watch? to get through like aside from the recording really, like, good question apart from the recording because the recording is one thing on its yeah. own yeah i i mean yeah. i would i would also exercise kind of a little bit of a word of caution to anybody who's listening to this who hasn't watched it yet um gear up it, it, gear up honestly yeah. i mean it's it's it, it's the that i i just want to touch on it very briefly but when the recording is being played um there that that section that amount of time was some of the hardest thing that i've ever sat through and just had to sit there and just listen to because i had never heard them before mm-hmm. i had always heard of them but i had never heard of them or heard them specifically um and but the thing yeah. is first of all, you hear um, him has he saying to telling them like how, how to, to touch each other and like he's saying yeah. about and he's also talking about assisting mm-hmm. and here everyone assists, assists. So you need Enjoy. to be able to 
everyone assists. All assist each other. Yeah. And he's a sick fuck. Um, oh. But anyway, apart from that, I would say, guys, there's a lot of weight in that last episode. So fucking stay strong and pour yourself a stiff yeah. drink because you will need it. I promise. Um, and yeah, uh, aside from that, some of the things that I found I, I found hard to to work, I just kind of just listened to was like seeing seeing the the rock structure right next to short creek i mean it was on the cover of under the banner of heaven like the book by john krakauer mm -hmm. um my last name is all over that book as well <laughs> um but seeing the thing that just bugged me so much and it it was that you look at the scenery of all the area around short creek and colorado city and right there like it is an unbelievably beautiful part of the world yeah like geographically scenery wise it's it's incredible incredible area of the world unbelievably gorgeous colorado is this one state that every single american who i've spoken to if you mention colorado they're like ah oh, amazing love colorado i, I think you're a little amazing. confused fraser. if you, men if you mention <laughs> fraser ohio i think you're a little confused <laughs> color i said colorado city not colorado so Oh, Colorado City is the is name different? of yeah. So this is on the Arizona Utah border is what I'm talking about, not in Colorado. Sorry. <laughs> You're right. No, but, okay, right, right. But but confused now. But no, no, no. Hold on. Time out. Colorado. State. You are correct in what everything you just barely said. I'm just saying that you're this. So the state we do. So this Colorado State. So Colorado City is not in Colorado State. All right. I'm going to share my screen just so we can so fucking have a geography like, no, lesson. No, just, just All right. Briefly, nope. Just briefly. Nope. Nope. We're doing it. It's time a city to time that's to talk. Not actually in Colorado. Okay. So, right. Do you see the map? Oh. Okay, oh, Pinesdale is up that. here. Pinesdale is up here. This is the route. This is the route all the way down to Colorado City. This is Colorado City right here. But the entire state of Colorado, this is the state of Colorado right here. Okay, and here's right Denver. Though, We're so close to it. It's next to it. Uh, yeah. Do you want to do a Denver to Colorado City? <laughs> no, no, I'm fine. Let's move on. I'm an idiot. But okay. you are no, you're right. Oh, yeah, no, I'm Colorado the idiot. The I'm the idiot for them no, having the same so city that's not in the state. Okay, yeah, so for reference, uh, it's a nine and a half hour drive between Colorado City and Denver. <laughs> okay, right. Okay, no, so move on. I'm an idiot. Okay, so anyway, the uh, <laughs> not gonna be one of those things you asked him to take out of the podcast. No, we're gonna keep <laughs> no, that in there. Keep it in, <laughs> even if I ask him to cut out, he ain't gonna. I'm not gonna. <laughs> um. So okay, the the area of the world in Colorado City and Shore Creek and that that area the the, the Red Rock Desert, right? Um. It's so pretty, yet it is associated with just some of the most horrible, heinous shit. And there's a part of me that's like, how could some place be so beautiful and have such a horrible thing happen there day after day after day after day after day? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, that was just the thing that kind of I didn't expect to be bothered by, um, to be quite honest. Um, and... You know, you could drive there. You can go and see it, and and all that. And there's a there's a Jessup Street in Short Creek, and and all that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean that was tough. Listening to Elisa's and Rebecca's recounts of what it's like being married, you know, to Rulin when he's you know 85 mm -hmm. and she's 19, like. Yeah, when he tells when he says to one of his wives is like they all have to stand outside, they come in one by one, and he kisses all his wives, and then there's that one who's like really young, and he's like, "I want you to stay by because we're gonna have a little bit of lovemaking." Yeah, <laughs> and uh... and the thing again too is that like the fact 
like Elisa touches on it. She's like, I didn't know what was happening to me when she's talking about being married. No, there's no sex ed. There's no sex ed like that. That was the hard thing to to hear when they were talking about that. They didn't even know. They never even knew where babies came from. One of the wives was talking about she thought babies come from when you kissed. Yeah. And then, and then suddenly they're getting abused and they can't connect what the hell is going on and that's something and especially by the prophet the person who you're told to never question yeah i i listened to an interview years back i think from a former flds member and i didn't quite understand exactly all what it was but that was something she brought up with like her sexuality moving forward after leaving the church is that like you are taught your entire life like you know you don't know what sex is but you know it's bad it's bad it's bad but then they expect once you're married your entire job is to have sex with your husband your husband's beckoning so yeah uh, and so how are you supposed to do something to make god happy that god actually hates and so you just have this twisted like perception of love and sexuality yeah it's it's a recurring theme on the podcast uh my sister my sister touches on it it comes up quite often uh my sister touches on it um a little bit um and yeah i mean that that idea that what you're talking about Devin, that that was something that just again got brought up you know as far as like you know how i was raised and taught was like yeah no sex was something that's just not talked about and if you did it's like you're a bad kid if you talk about sex you know what i mean and um then that idea again and it's it's a lot different for women than it is for men obviously yeah um and you know we the birds and the bees talk and the whole sex ed stuff was you know not really apparent you know because the parents were the ones who were asked to you know have the responsibility to educate their own kids but again the flds is aub ramped up to 11 and you know when the parents aren't educated on what sex is and then get married and have kids but they're just kind of like i just this just kind of happens the lord blessed me with another child that's what they think yeah um and then that idea that like this is so bad 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 and then you get married and it's like well this is your duty like yeah. wait what yeah. like i've been told my entire life that this is a bad thing that we don't ever talk about it and then all of a sudden it's exactly what is expected of me every time yeah you know like yeah okay. fucking ptsd <laughs> collecting it like pokemon to figure out my family <laughs> up in the tree. you need to um, accumulate ptsd yeah, <laughs> we were just touching on on like some of the social pressures for uh, the women growing up. And what are some of the social pressures for the men in in cults like this? Because uh-huh. again, we sort of said about the women, it's about like looking. It's all about how obedient can you be, yeah. and how much could you how you know sweet. bring to your husband? Stay sweet. How well can you clean? How can you provide the children that's needed but so that's the social um, pressures in a the, nutshell for, for the, the women, women but for what the kind men. of social pressures are there for the men um they they touch on it a little bit um where like after warren became principal and you know started to get a little bit more power i guess uh he mm-hmm. um work hard for the privilege of working harder do you remember that yes yeah so so they mentioned that in in the documentary and that wasn't, I mean, the fun part for us in the AUB. Okay, so here's another way to describe it. The AUB was the FLDS, but with fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, we we did work projects and stuff like that when I was when I was a kid, and we did them all the time as a community. And it was all it is. It does feel good to work hard. I will say that. Like you get there, and if, if you have a giant pile of wood, 
And I tell you what, there's nothing better than grabbing a wall, a, a mall, and just splitting wood for an afternoon. It honestly feels good. It's the same thing with the endorphins that you get from working out, right? Same kind of thing. Um, but as far as pressures, like working hard as a man, that is like kind of number one in a lot of ways. Um, because it's like well, you're seen as a hard worker. Yeah, because if you're viewed as a hard worker, then it's like, okay, we can rely on this guy to fucking just make it happen. You know, he can commit himself to this hard work, even though it's difficult and horrible and, and tough and, it would, you know, essentially kill him by the time he's 55. <laughs> like, mm. you know, it's backbreaking work and they're doing it for free, at least in the FLDS. And yeah. like, you know, there's, I mean, they, I know that they might get a little bit of something as far as like by way of gas money and that kind of thing. But other than that, I mean, it's all controlled. At Any wife. You just get given wives. It's like, yeah, you know what your words are? Look, man. Take a pick. Tell you Here's what. A catalog. You you hurt your back like, lifting that what? stuff. Don't even pick. Just close your take a dart and throw throw it. <laughs> That's what you get. <laughs> I don't think Warren had a dartboard, but that'd be funny. Dartboard. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, no, it, yeah, it's the value of hard work for men or, or the value of hard work in polygamous communities is readily apparent. Um, and obviously since men are the stronger of the sexes, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things that, at least in their opinion, but you know, I, again, like I mentioned before, I, I wouldn't even go toe to toe with a polygamous woman. I'm, I'm more scared of polygamous women than I am of polygamous men by far. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. Eric Yuan is not available. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Hey, Zoom CEO. This is Jay Fifth, uh, Chris's manager. Hey, I just wanted to call and kind of touch base with you about the recent things that have been said about your company. I Look, on behalf of Pliganometry and all of its affiliates, I profusely apologize. I mean, the opinions expressed by the host are not necessarily those of the LLC, and so we just wanted to make sure that we're completely keeping an open line of communication between us both, and of course, if there's any sort of financial assistance that you would like to... And you know what? Now that I think about it, his actions were more of a cry for help than anything, to be honest, as far as by way of uh, financial assistance. So uh, just go ahead and uh, just let me know what you think. And uh, if there's anything that you would like to do to rectify the situation, um, I'm sure that, you know, Chris would be open to it. So go ahead and reach out uh, on Instagram, PligPod, or, you know, PligonometryPod at gmail.com or anything like that, just to let us know. Thanks. Have a good day. I made the phone call. What the fuck else do you want from me? And we're in. Ni hao. Ni howdy. Ni howdy. Um, okay, so I have a few more things that I want to touch on before we're, before we're done. Um, the first one is that I wanted to know what you guys, what your thoughts and emotions and feelings were when they started showing the court case between Elisa and Warren. When she said that they came in and they had that like staring match, and I guess whatever picture the uh, the photographer the photographer got a great photo of Warren 
Like he didn't have his smarky little smirk. He was just looking dead eyed, like to the corner of the picture. And it when she's illustrating about like how they were just like having this glare off, it, it you could just feel the weight that she must have felt just on her because she's going against God, you know, pretty much to her. Yeah. Um, the whole caucus when he comes in when they brought him in and he's in all his you know regalia and he's got like handcuffs on and they're like you're warren jess right and he's just giving the whole like yeah what he's always trying to play it like yeah i don't know why i'm here it was like you piece of shit yeah he truly is Um, I think I wonder, because like you touched on it, Fraser, the amount of like defiance that she had to have to stand up yeah. to get someone that she spent so long, like thinking was infallible, basically. Worshipping. Yeah. yeah. Like, I wonder if she ever went through, and obviously we'll have no way of knowing because I don't think they really touched on it. I wonder if she ever went through periods of like gaslighting herself and thinking like, am I doing the right thing? Is this, am oh, I yeah. the crazy? I guarantee everyone, 100%. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I guarantee she definitely went through that, and and that's wrong. Yeah, I when I was that's watching that, what did you feel? What did you feel? Um, I that I had heard. Okay, so to backtrack, like I mentioned, I remember seeing a lot of this stuff on TV as it was happening. So to see it again was just kind of like put me back in that spot where I saw it. Like I remember being in the house just kind of milling around like when Warren was announced to be on the FBI's 10 most wanted. I remember when that mm. headline hit the news, like I was just milling around the house and my mom was up in her room and they had a TV up there. Um, and then she, I just hear her go, uh, Jake, come here. <laughs> and you know, I was a younger kid at the time, but you know, old enough to kind of be like, Oh, what's going on? I wonder what they're saying. You know? So I go up and I see, mm-hmm. and I see Warren Jeff's top 10 most wanted, you know, with his mug shot and all that shit. And I remember being alongside like, Bin Laden. Yeah, yeah, just crazy. Yeah, um, and so, yeah, I, I remember seeing that, and it just kind of put me. It was just reminded me of that. But then, and rem- the fucking arrogance of him as well. Like right when he's on uh, top ten most wanted, he takes a picture outside the fucking White House, just like my boy Pablo Escobar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb. It's so dumb. Um, but yeah, I, I remember seeing and hearing about the court case and, and, and that kind of stuff and not, not, I never really paid much attention to it. I just remember hearing about it and kind of this scuttlebutt kind of stuff. But then I remember seeing the footage and the, and like the pictures and stuff like that, just kind of being put on the screen, not like the actual footage of the court thing. But, mm-hmm. um, I was so happy to hear Elisa's perspective on like, I'm going to win this fucking staring contest. And then the mm-hmm. moment that he yeah. like brings his eyes down, she knew in that moment that this, this man had no she longer won. power over her. Like that, that was just so beautiful to me. I was like, yes, fuck yes. Um, and so, yeah, I was, I was one of those things where like the sense of catharsis, you know, like, I mean, just from the normal viewer, like you have a, a clear antagonist and a clear protagonist. And then mm-hmm. finally yeah. the protagonist, the person that you know that you're rooting for the whole time finally gets a solid, real victory in that well, form of a staring contest. You're, you're, you're rooting for a, a plethora of women who are just, just, it was so inspiring. Yeah. Just that act, that bravery and their defiance. And knowing that what was happening to them wasn't right, 
and I, I'm so glad that they had that to start with. And then again, to add to how fucking horrible Warren is, they showed the lawyer's strategy of trying to discredit Elisa, saying that she wanted mm-hmm. it and all that fucking slut shaming, mm-hmm. typical uh-huh. patriot. Like that to me, I was like, thank God they're showing that because that's exactly what Warren yeah. would have done. Like, you know the what I mean? Blaming. Like the victim blaming, all yeah. that. Like I was so happy and also, okay, again, appalled <laughs> that that was like any yeah. ethical lawyer would not do that shit. You know? Well, that's what I thought it was funny too. One of the, they had someone that was like, yeah, I've never seen that strategy actually work, but like they tried, <laughs> like it's so dumb. And it was so smart yeah. of Elisa's w- lawyers to be like, we want to make it clear and evident that we are not attacking Warren Jeffs's religious freedoms. Mm-hmm. We are going yeah. after him because he's an accomplice to rape. And that's it. And that's a crime, depending mm-hmm. on, it doesn't matter what you do. And so, philic rape as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... <laughs> Well, they didn't find out until after, you know, he was already locked up until they yeah, found the ball. Yeah, but he's still got charged with the rape of a 15-year-old and a 12-year-old. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay, he yeah. He got charged with those two. Yeah, that's yeah. right. You're correct. Yeah. Um, and so that that to me, I was like, so, you know, it was awesome to finally have like a W for, for Elisa yeah. and just, I mean, the women in the FLDS. And there's a few like cinematic choices actually that I, that, you know, really meant a lot to me. So right at the very end, uh, Elisa is meeting with um, Ruby, um, and mm-hmm. they're kind of just chilling. Yes. And because Elisa moved back to Short Creek mm-hmm. and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but there's a small. It's a, a small. It's obvious, um, but they show them clinking their Corona cans together. And again, to talk about the cigarette thing from earlier, like that mm-hmm. arc, it shows like they're now able to, you know, clink and share the fact that they've been through shit. And they're sitting on the porch, just having a drink, being, "Hey, you guys, remember? You remember when we were running around these hills and blah blah blah?" And having that, like, to I started crying. I was like, "Dude, this is so beautiful to show, like, the fact that they are now in a spot of like they've been through four, you know, you see four episodes of like recounting and reliving horrible, horrible shit, and they end it by showing them just kind of being like, we're in a spot where we can just have a drink about it. Like that is just so cool to me." Um, and and that's then, the only way you can be. I mean, they are, they're, they're living with it. They're moving on with it. And they're still, it's a part of them. It's never going to go away. But they survived. Yeah. You know, they came out the other end. They're free. Yeah. Yeah. And to, that too, it's so impressive because they're, they go back to the place that all this trauma happened to them. Like, I can't even imagine. I feel like if that were me, I would be like, I need to move to a whole new country. Definitely yeah, a new definitely. state. For sure, not the same like town. Like, they look around and like just the mourning that they probably go through for their previous selves, like all that time lost. And just, mm-hmm. I don't know how, like, that's, that is the mo- one of the more impressive things to me is mm-hmm. that she's like, no, I'm not going to let this like hold power over me and like dictate where I go like she's like yeah I'm gonna live here still yeah and I I, I truly think that the best way that it ended or I mean the way that they ended it was just so perfect with Alicia's uh stuff falling out the back of the trailer mm-hmm. I I mean I I was oh, I was yes. I was crying that was what that was I was beautiful. gonna bring up. I was crying about the corona stuff but then that I was I was ugly crying man I was like yeah. it was just like and the way that they recreated it and everything was so beautiful too yeah. and the fact that and, she was sitting there the like, it was like a, a away with all my stuff i realized no this is it i need to that was such a like her life was being run over like chef's kiss ending yeah so 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 pretty and so beautiful and 
I mean, yeah, I I was just bawling my eyes out, man. I I was I thought that was such a beautiful way to end it, and um, you know, anybody. It's just and, crazy oh, to and me to, that this to, shit still goes on today. Like yeah. this shit is still happening today, and it's happening right now. Yeah, this is the thing that just shocking. So that's what I said when you're seeing dates and years as soon as 2005, which is do maths quickly. What like seventeen years? Twelve years ago, fifteen years ago. I'm not in whatever. It's a long time ago, but it but it feels like 2005 still feels kind of recent. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah, it is. I mean, dude, attack the of, Attack of the Clones was out. But this shit, <laughs> Attack of the Clones was out, dude. Um, we and it's still it's still happening. It's still happening right now. Yeah. You know? um, and another thing that I wanted to mention, and this is kind of just bringing it more to just the contemporary uh, message with all of this stuff too. Um, the final thing that they show before the credits is if you know of anybody who's experiencing domestic abuse, yes, call this and go to this website or whatever. That hit me like a fucking brick wall at the end of every episode. Because I was like, man, I'm going to be able to, you know, this is going to just kind of roll with these emotions. We're going to be able to handle it and stuff. Okay, whew, we got done. Oh, man, great episode. And then that pops up. And I'm just like, God damn it. Like, just crying again. And then I like, have yeah. 15 seconds before it starts. And I'm like, fuck, man, that's so sweet of him. <laughs> okay, wait, okay. Next episode, okay. okay right. <laughs> Chris, you just, said, you just said there was a few times what, you, what made you cry. What was it that... Was it because it was kind of like, was it the story? Was it the fact that it was kind of hitting close to home? No, it was all of it, you know? Like, I mean, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not the first, I would be remiss to not admit that I'm, <laughs> I'm a sensitive person. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I and, here, and here, here's the thing too, this is a little bit of an asterisk, but I'm not going to try to disqualify myself too much. I cry at movies all the time, all the time. Yeah. You, you put on Hidalgo with Viggo Mortensen, where he races a horse across the Arabian desert, dude, I'll ball my eyes out at the end, man. Love I'm, that movie. I'm not sure if, I don't know if you've seen This Is Us, but that oh. makes me weep like a baby, like great. a little bitch. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, That's great. Yeah, and I, and before, just... before we go on, I think there's something kind of that we need to touch on just very briefly to the fact that we have to talk about this as dudes. Like, yeah, no, it made me cry. You know, no, yeah. you don't hear me justifying that. Yeah, I cry you're just sitting there, just too. like, oh yeah, no, this is us. Yeah, no, I, Welcome, I cry. <laughs> yeah, Toy yeah. Story three fucking ruined me. You know. Um, no, so no, I get it. No, really, what my question was, it wasn't being like as a man. Uh, right. I know. It was only because it's like, it, 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 like you and I, when when you and I watch that documentary, we're watching different documentaries. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think so. That's yeah, what... the thing there's moment there's tons of moments where I was you know getting in my feels about it. Um, I had to take a ton of breaks and that was just me personally, mm -hmm. you know, and there's a lot of, you know, heinous shit that is, gets talked about. And, you know, you're watching these women sit down in front of a camera with a mic attached to their lapel and talk about it. Like it's heavy, man. And, you know, yeah, when horrible. you're sitting there watching a woman with the same last name, talk about how she was, you know, raped and like, yeah it's by a person who you know you're related to somehow like that like there's just so much like you know with that and again i want to reiterate that there's so many good people in polygamy like this is oh, this yeah. is this is the 100%. this is the most extreme example of what how bad it can be this documentary yeah it showcases this ideology to its very end right and 
you know, so I want to make sure that people understand that there is a difference between the FLDS and the AUB. There's a lot of bad people in both. There's a lot of great people in both too. Like it's the same thing as everywhere. You're going to find good with the bad, good, bad with the good. And, and hopefully that you, both, there are people that are trapped. Yes, exactly. And so I think people need to make sure that going forward, if they end up meeting other Jessups or somebody where they, you know, they see a, a lady in a prairie dress or something like that, like that is a human being who has their own experience yeah. and their own trauma and their own story, same as you. So treat them like a fucking person. Like don't, don't automatically assume that they have, you know, all this trauma or whatever. Like, you know, don't go up to them and be like, hey, so how many moms do you have? Fuck, ha ha. You know, like fucking but, but like I mean, you you had case by that, case. You, you oh. said you've had you had it yeah. quite a lot of people being like how many moms do you have oh yeah but i mean for for me in, in you know qualifying it differently because of how i grew up in the aub versus the flds is different but like just be sensitive to their experience you know that's all i yeah. that's all i'm saying you know and, and me i'm in the spot now where like you can hit me with whatever question you want and i'll try to field it as well as possible just because of the podcast and 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 that kind of thing but you know don't automatic it's the same thing like i don't believe that every person who practices islam is a terrorist you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, don't associate the worst with the common, you know? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of bald white guys that are bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and yeah. there's a lot of people from and Britain it's who suck. It's, it's great being an atheist. We haven't we haven't got any of that shit to worry yeah, about. Yeah, but you're British and colonized the world, so. Um, <laughs> yeah, so at any rate, like, there's that part, but... Um, yeah, to yeah. the to the end of, uh, to make the point of like how important it was for me to see the the thing at the end of every episode about talking about hey here's a here's a place you can go, you know, and yeah. if you know if that you know contributes to an uptick in calls and you know caseworkers are able to field those cases and you know get people out of you know shitty situations that's that's what it's for and hopefully you know if there are any you know women men it doesn't matter anybody who are in the flds or the aub that might be listening to this right now call me i would love to talk yeah definitely it's so. scary the amount of people like the amount of de domestic abuse that still goes on that they don't even realize that that's what's happening because they've been brought up being told this is right this is normal they don't there's a lot of women that don't even realize what's happening to them is abuse and yeah that it's wrong yeah. And it's it's really scary. It's terrifying. You know, anyone who's got uh, anyone who's a human being, like, yeah. how can you not like feel that compassion to when you're seeing these young girls who are just crying? And even when, like, you know, the, the kids getting ripped away from their families, it's just how does that instinct act of human compassion not enter into the minds of it's. Warren it's, Jeffs. It's I mean, so, the guy's a psychopath. It's so complicated. It's it is pickup sticks to the max. It's like trying to play yeah. pickup sticks with dynamite. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's, it's honestly, play. it's pretty, it's pretty fucking gnarly. And there's so much that goes into it, and and that's the reason why I would you know exercise you know just a you know the, yeah the basic human human compassion towards these folks and anybody who's in any situation like this you know it's not just the flds there's tons of people in situations no. where you just need to be like hey be a little bit gracious you know like everybody's going through their own shit so yeah 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 definitely 
basically at the end of this absolute pleasure basically at the end of it I just think that if I were to say anything is just don't be a dick yeah hard stop just don't be a dick don't be a dick don't be a dick and also don't frick your cousin (laughs) that's a big one just try try not just try just try not to frick your cousin. Do whatever please. you can. Do whatever is possible. Never. Do whatever you can possible to never. <laughs> Avoid it at all costs. Never frick your cousin. <laughs> Avoid it. <laughs> if you can, and I know it's tempting, but just avoid <laughs> fricking your cousins. Just don't frick them, all right? Don't frick them. <laughs> but Chris, my cousin's really hot. Doesn't matter. <laughs> don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Look, and you and Just like don't. like like I said, everyone's everyone's human, you know. Like everybody, hey, we all have those urges. It's okay. It's all you know. You're not a bad person for having those urges. Just don't act on them. That's the whole point. Yeah. It's it's a lot like being gay. You can be gay. Just don't do gay things. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> don't be. You can be gay, but don't be gay about you it. You can want. You can. You could. Yeah, you could want to frick your cousin. Just don't frick your cousin. Don't be a cousin fricker. Don't be a cousin fricker. That you know what? Of all the yeah. things. Don't be a dick. Don't be a cousin fricker. I. You know you can remove the dick part. Just say don't be a cousin fricker. I feel like that. Yeah, that sums it all up. Yay! That's Too it. Right. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs>